and we are back. Hello, we everybody, again. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. So, yo. Last we had left off, the party having been trapped in Barovia for a little over a month, fighting their way through ah. all of the villages, the larger cities that existed there, eventually finding themselves in Castle Ravenloft, defeating the devil himself, Strahd von Zarevich, freeing the land from under his influence, and eventually returning it, still as a demiplane, but now accessible to and from the Sword Coast. They exited out through the forest, eventually coming out into one of the forests south of the Sword Coast itself, uh, just beyond the land of Om in Faerun. They traveled their way north, eventually splitting into assorted parties in the city of Baldur's Gate, and deciding exactly where it was they wanted to go, whether it was individually or as a group together. So we're going to pick up here, having now elapsed a full year <laughs> of everybody being split into whatever parties they decided to be. And we're going to just go round table and let everyone tell us exactly where they were. And we're going to start things off with Allura. Oh, don't start with me. <laughs> Damn it. No, please don't start with me. Okay, we'll start, things off. we'll start things off with Les then. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> Nobody gotta, was prepared. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta pick up my notes. Just gonna take character yeah. bios as well, Jordy. Oh yeah, gonna... sorry. We should actually do character bios. So uh, before we dive too deep into this, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen our original campaign, uh, well, I'll let everybody go around the table describing yourself and your character, um, and then just kind of some attributes that you would associate with yourself, and then we'll go from there. So why don't we start uh, bottom right, Kaylee? Oh, I'm bottom right. I'm top middle on my screen. Um, <laughs> um, um, my character's name is Elise. She is a drow ranger, a uh, gleam stalker subclass. Uh, she has sort of like faded, um, mauvey gray skin with white hair and garnet eyes. And she's usually wearing sort of dark, raggedy clothing. Um, more tones of sort of gray green and black rather than anything else. Um, she's rather curt, kind of has a bit of a habit of going off on her own and getting into trouble, um, but quite loyal to the people that she cares about and um, usually is found wielding a bow, but can also uh, wield swords into battle. But her favorite thing is to stay far away, stick people with pointy arrows and yell obscenities at them. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much about what I have planned for her. <laughs> all right, so that's all where I'm going to leave it. Sounds nice. good. Uh, let's jump up one. We'll go to Jesse and Akala. Oh, hello. Uh, cool. So I'm playing Dr. D'Amato Shenanigans. A lot of quotation marks in there. Uh, PhD, DDS, uh, <laughs> other things, presumably MA. He is a level 10 half-elf warlock of the fiend variety. Uh, long, flowy white hair, cute little mustache, and cute little thing here. It's a new thing. It's happened. Uh, single monocle. Single, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. Gen I think like a, like a long, flowy stuff he likes. He likes looking good. Super dapper. I think so. Thank you. Um, 
Are we going into what we did, or is this just like... No, this is just describing your character, uh, and then we'll go through what we did after. Um, So we'll jump down from there. Let's go to Ammer. Very... Oh, quick, very quickly. Very nearly albino skin, because I don't think it had been brought up in past. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, not a big deal, but, you know. Good to know. All right, Ammer. Well, um, I remembered that I have this beautiful watercolor painting of my character that the oh, shit. very wonderful Kaylee <laughs> drew and painted. Yeah. Dang. Heck. They look so freaking cool. And I'm very appreciative of Kaylee for doing that for me. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, Hope is a non-binary tiefling paladin. They use they, them pronouns. I also use they, them pronouns, just as a heads up. Um, and Hope is like almost like pale blue, like an icy blue with black hair and like golden eyes. Um, they are also levels 10, like the doctor, strangely enough. Um, and they, it's interesting. They are lawful neutral, but one might think they might be lawful good. (laughs) We'll see how the year was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we hardly did good things this year. Yeah. Um, I did great things in my That's year. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Hope is often kind of being the moral compass or one of the moral compasses of the group, and but is also very easily falls in love with many characters. <laughs> Any, I got love to give. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we'll jump up from Emma and we'll head over to Les. Kevin. All right. Um, there it is. Hello again. Uh, I am playing Les Paul, the Triton fighter sorcerer. Uh, eight levels of fighter, two levels of sorcerer. Um, Les Paul comes from the Plain of Water and met all these adventurers during our Curse of Strahd arc. Uh, he's kind of a do things first, ask questions later, kind of guy, shoots from the hip, goes with his instincts, even when everyone else thinks he shouldn't, does it anyway. <laughs> um, sometimes it ends well for him, sometimes it doesn't, but he's always true to himself and brutally honest and loves raw fish. Um, uh, but he's a very kind-hearted character um, at the core but uh, is, can be very stubborn at times and is always trying to prove himself, sometimes to the detriment of other people, but he's learning to overcome that and become a better person. Um, loves talking about the Triton race and the Triton kingdom of where he's from and is very proud of his heritage. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to end that. He has like kind of aquatic uh, blue, nice. sort of sea aquatic blue skin, um, this dark green seaweed flowing dreadlocky hair has kind of a sort of fish fin mohawk kind of coming out the back of his head here that's kind of hidden within his hair um, kind of scarring on his face has a nice little uh, tufty chin beard soul patch um, yeah a little bit of a soul patchy thing he's had that since day one um, yeah that's all I'm going to say about that at this moment beautiful alright we'll jump down to Leaf Jesse Oh yeah. Uh, hey, so uh, I'm playing Leaf, the uh, furbolg cleric, 
So yeah, so Leaf is a uh, level 10 uh, light cleric, a cleric of Eldath, or sorry, life cleric, a cleric of Eldath. Um, he is eight feet tall, uh, pretty typical furbolg stuff, blue skin. He's got uh, kind of longer hair that he's got tied back in a top knot, big bushy beard. Um, clothing is kind of this patchwork armor that his granny sewed him. Um, he's a pretty kind of quiet, more timid, uh, character of the group, but he's definitely, um, definitely learning to kind of, you know, come out of his shell after, uh, our adventures in Barovia. Um, he's definitely the, one of the bleeding hearts of the group. Uh, and yeah, besides that, just kind of pretty young. He's only 20, I think he's 25 now. So, uh, yeah, learning... He's got a lot baby. to learn about his world, about the world. Oh my God, Jesse! Sorry, I just realized that I had wrote down um, Hope's age. So Hope is actually twenty-six. They're so similar. We're twinning. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, there, you know, there's a bunch of other cool backstory stuff, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. And then, last but certainly not least, Allura, Amanda. Hi, um, I am Amanda and I play Allura. Um, Allura is a human rogue. Uh, she has kind of dark olive skin tone. She's also got a uh, shaved bald head. Um, she wears really quite fine and fancy clothes, um, but very understated. Uh, you'd have to know what you were looking at. There's lots of uh, like, uh, black black on black embroidery on her clothes. Um, she's very conscious about what she looks like and how she presents herself. Um, and she is uh, wary of those with with uh, power and wealth. Um, yeah, she, so she's a she's a rogue who kind of doesn't want to accumulate wealth with power i'll say that's a good way of putting it yeah all right awesome well why don't we continue on with that with allura continuing as to what it is you were doing during your time off okay oh i didn't want to go freaking (laughs) (laughs) i gotta pull up the document that we had written thank you jesse i was gonna say can you do me and yours together can so, I just chime in? All right, let's start off. Well, Kevin, are you ready? I don't want to go last. Oh, cool. Don't worry, you're not going I, last. That uh, I can, I can go, I can go. But how much are we revealing here? Like, so this is what you did, not what you're revealing to the party. It's up to you. If you don't want to say certain things that you did that you and I talked about, you don't have to. But if you want to just say, like, this is actually what I did, and then later on, once you all get back together, because you're not back together right away something's gonna happen to get you back together you all can decide. i would say about my year gap is that when we left our curse of Strahd story mm-hmm. i was trying i was going to head back to the plane of water to the triton kingdom um i haven't been able to get back there yet okay. i've been living in Baldur's gate uh working on a ship called the white satin and that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. 
Fair enough. Also, I will go now. I just didn't want to go first. All good. All right. Uh, so, Amanda, what have you been up to? Um, so, Allura uh, actually decided to spend a lot of her time with Elise. She hadn't had a lot of friends that she really felt like she could trust uh, through her kind of history before Barovia. So, uh, the two of them decided to spend a little time together and... Um, adventure along so uh we allura decided she wanted uh to attain a magical item or two and so uh allura and alith decided to go in search of a couple items uh so yeah they they ventured into the under cellar of uh baldur's gate uh to find people who could source those for them. Alrighty. Uh, let's jump from there. We'll go to the doctor. Cool. <laughs> what I did on my summer vacation <laughs> by Dr. D'Amato shenanigans. Dear Diet. No, fuck that. Okay. Bit over. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, Doc had to uh, do some things to get his pact renewed with his patron. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition, he decided to head back to where he had set up shop in Selgaunt to make sure that his business interests were still working in his favor. It had been a year, so you got to make sure that that's all clear. Oh, that rhymes. That's a fun motto. Uh, what else? So uh, in that, with that in mind, he also picked up a new proficiency. And as opposed to going to look for stuff, he has money, so he thought he would just get stuff made. <laughs> Buy some stuff. Yeah. yeah. A shopping spree. Why not? Well, not, not so much a shopping spree as getting, uh, getting the monocle upgraded. Oh. Oh. Ooh. That's exciting. And now we're... Uh, like we're... real life Jesse did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now we're, uh, we're back in Waterdeep is where we're at. Uh, so you personally did make your way from Selgon to I'm Waterdeep. I'm back in Waterdeep. Yeah, yeah I'm just... back in Waterdeep, and I'm doing some investigation into local holdings. You certainly are. Uh, and then we'll jump to Elith, your side of the storyline with Allura. Um, I guess we're not we're not sharing everything right now because we're gonna kind of go through roles for it, right? Yeah. So so this is more so now like what you personally did, and then we'll go through the um, the intrigue that the two of you had together. So um, Elith has spent a lot of time on her own in her life as a ranger, it's kind of her nature, but also to do her personal history with her family and some stuff that I'm sure we'll eventually explore. Um, she has been on her own a lot and she really came to, she was kind of gruff, but she really came to treasure having comrades that she like trusted and knew. And when everyone was leaving Barovia, she wasn't quite ready to say goodbye to having companions. And she and Allura have always gotten along quite well. And they, um, in their little mini, uh, heist from, oh, hi, Kat. Um, <laughs> hi, do you want to say hello? Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> she likes to jump on the back of my chair. Um, in their heist from the Abbey, they kind of discovered that they work really well as a team when they're doing kind of sneaky things. Mm -hmm. So she kind of thought that maybe she and Laura could travel and maybe do a little bit of that. Um, one of the goals that Elise had was to put her ear to the ground um, for rumors that were coming out of her hometown 
and the other one was to acquire a bow that does magical damage. I've <laughs> <laughs> been clearing about for the entire campaign. Nice. So, <laughs> um, when she and Allura came to Baldur's Gate, um, she that was her biggest priority as they were. So because their goals aligned about finding magical items, that was that worked well. So that's where we are. Okay. Yeah. So, I also just realized I forgot to add that Allura was also uh, searching for someone to teach to teach her some things. Mm -hmm. So she had been on the hunt for, uh, yeah, someone to uh, improve her skills in dueling. I guess I'll put it. Yeah, yeah. dueling is about right. Okay. The art of the fence. <laughs> yeah. Um. So while before we dive into uh, to Leaf and Hope, you two had planned on finding a way to make a little bit of extra coin. Uh, Allura, remind me, you had taught Kaylee or uh, Leaf how to understand thieves can't, correct? Yeah. Yes. yes. We we shared that as a pass the time um, because Alif had expressed interest in um, the the art of reading and writing and speaking these can't. Correct. So over the course of a year, essentially I treated that as you teaching a skill to an ally, somebody who was clearly proficient and very well-versed in the art of Thieves Can't, being able to teach that to another person as part of a skill building. So you were able to do that with no real issues. Um, but the two of you also, as a result of learning Thieves Can't, had spent a decent amount of time in Baldur's Gate, in the undercellar below the city of Baldur's Gate, a series of fest halls, massive taverns, inns, brothels, all kinds of places uh, where you could have a little fun, should you so choose. But in your case, it was a little more work-related. Looking for a place to be able to make money, uh, and a place to be able to hone your skills on the road. And you ended up finding a contract for a heist. A gem that was currently in the possession of uh, an individual outside of the city of Scornabel named Anga Lala. And you would have been offered a 500 gold piece bounty each for stealing an heirloom ruby necklace from that fence. Ooh. Um, so, with the two of you doing that... Um, you were told that the gem was on the second floor of a relatively modest home with a few defenses, as she was a fence, so needing to be able to have some kind of magical traps in place. How is it you two wanted to go about stealing that gem? Oh. Yeah, I kind of say, um, also in this year, Elise has found a tutor for Undercommon in Baldur's Gate to yes. help her brush up on well. her childhood language. Yeah, so yeah, so that would have been the same thing, but for you already having some kind of a background in Undercommon, you would have been able to perfect the skills over the course of the year. I just wanted to put that, that out there. Yeah. Um, okay, so second floor. So second floor, you know that there are some magical defenses. Um, you are definitely no strangers to glyphs of warding, to any kind of locks that may be in place. So the two of you having a decent amount of time to plan things out, how would you have wanted to go about doing that? I think we would have staked out and watched the house uh, for a few days at least. Mm -hmm. um, if we had more time, we probably would have taken more time um, to ascertain kind of the best time of the day or night to 
like if there was a specific specific schedule, if there was guards, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is anything, Kaylee? Yeah. If there were if there were servants that were coming and going, one idea because. We, we haven't planned this because Jordi didn't tell us about the second floor thing. So we haven't had a yep. chance to really come up with like a solid yeah, plan. Yeah, we did not plan. But no, okay, so like it would normally be in session. Okay, exactly. Second floor, here you go. Elise like um, would have maybe disguised self. If there were any servants that were coming and going and somebody that we could have waylaid, we wouldn't have obviously hurt them, but we would have maybe found a way to get them like a letter saying they need to run home, something like that. Elise would have disguised self to sneak back into the house and waited till nightfall and then maybe had a signal for Allura to let her in. Definitely would have been prolific use of Pass Without Trace. Um, and then we would have gone from there to crank it in with no alarms. Yeah, I think as well, um, if possible, if with Kaylee kind of going in from the inside, if there was any sort of um, like ledge, second floor window, mm-hmm. anything like that, Allura would have tried to sneak in uh, that way with uh, the pass without a trace. I feel like we would have been in within uh, area of that to Elise. I would have been close enough to her. Uh, I think it, yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I think we would have tried to get us get Allura in on the second floor so that we would get past any defenses throughout the first floor to like just make it easier for ourselves. Okay. Um, sure. I'll say. Also, want of secrets. Also, want of secrets. So. <laughs> and used at some point in this heist. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Elith, would you have taken the want of secrets inside with you? Ooh, yeah, probably. I would have taken it in if I was going to go in first. I yeah. would think. Yeah, you, you had then... enough time to stake things out. You would have easily been able to pass that over and get it in. Yeah, um, and it's um, it's not attuned. So. Yeah. So yeah, so you would easily be able to do that inside with a wand of secrets disguised as a uh, servant who comes and goes. You wouldn't have been given a second look or bad a second eye. Uh, made your way upstairs, you would have seen that there is uh, a glyph of warding on a single door on the second floor. None of the other doors had one, so you would surmise that that would most likely be where the item of value would be. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Sorry. Um, right, one thing that just occurred to me as well is probably if we had a few days to stake this out, I would have also disguised self and maybe like helped Allura have a physical disguise and maybe we would have tried to befriend a few of the house's servants to get any info about the glyph or about how the defense, or guards, to see how we could figure out if somebody would leak some info about how it could be disarmed. Yeah, even like, yeah, even watching it to see if like, watching that door to see if anyone goes in and how they get in versus... Yeah. Okay. Um, The door itself is fairly ordinary. Nobody really does anything out of the ordinary to get in or out of the house. Um, The individual, Anga, is not really there too often. Um, Occasionally, mostly just coming back, grabbing a few items, spending maybe one or two nights in the house, and then heading off. Being a fence, needing to be able to take wares uh, and then transport them to different cities. Um, You would have a decent amount of time to enter the home with limited people there. Uh, It's more so on the guards to be able to see through disguises, but being as successful as you are and as intrepid as you are, not exactly the hardest thing in the world for you to overcome. It's more so overcoming the defenses around wherever this gem would be. Did anybody leak to us what kind of glyph it is? Um, They heard, you would have heard, actually make a, uh, make a persuasion check. 
first roll of the campaign here. Hey. First roll of chapter two. Am I doing this or is Allura doing this? You had the idea. It's your roll. <laughs> oh my god. Also, I'm so psyched uh, about what's going on in this heist. Like, nope. I have loved this so much. Okay. Alrighty, let's see how she goes. Ten. Ten. Um, Neutral. You would have heard a few stories of the last one being burned to a crisp. Somebody accidentally touching the door being burned to a crisp. Uh, I have a question. Would we have leveled up before or after this? Uh, Before. Oh, that changes everything. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll say for the sake of this, it's it's not really going to change that much. Um, But yeah. Technically, it would have been before. Yeah. So you Um, you would armed with that knowledge. There are a series of windows on the second floor. You would easily be able to open one of those up. um, And between the two of you, you're acrobatic enough to be able to pull Allura or to attempt to pull Allura inside, if you would so choose. Are there any windows that lead into the room that's blocked by the glyph? Or is that completely, like, blocked off? There's no points of entry for that. Uh, the door is the only point of entry for that. Then, yeah, I would I would have hauled okay. Allura. Okay. All right, so Allura, go ahead and make an athletics check for me. The natural 20. All right. Oh! There it is. So that'll be a 32. Starting strong. That's a 32. Athletics? A 32? Oh, sorry, athletics? athletics? No, I thought you said acrobatics. Oh, no, athletics. Like, flipping through a window? Well, it's second floor, you gotta launch. Last time oh, the athletics okay. chat no, kind of broke I would've been on the roof. I'm sorry, because I would've said, like, I was crawling down through the second floor. How would you be on the roof? Uh, crap, um... <laughs> 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 is it just a house, or is somewhere. it a house in a city? Like a... It's, it's a fairly large mansion estate. Okay. I there would have been some like cat crawling up all of the the drain pipes and Allura would have. It's still athletics. Okay. <laughs> but even still, that's a nineteen. Nineteen is still more than enough. Between the two of you, like launching off and trying to cat like grabbing onto it and then releasing one hand and you slide down a little and then just scramble your way up, you would eventually be able to get inside where the two of you are now on the second floor, uninterrupted. You have access and or have the ability to stealth. I'll just get both of you to make stealth checks for me really quick. A plus 10 for stealth. Yeah. Plus 10 from pass, go to chase? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <coughs> 32. <Okay>. 27. <laughs> for both of us, that's shitty rolls. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's really a really bad. shitty roll. Uh, but easily enough, undetected from anyone on below, just landing cat-like on the ground, um, you are able to make your way inside, and you see the locked door in front of you, knowing that the Wand of Secrets is pulsing, uh, that there is a trap there. Okay, I have another question. Have, knowing that there was going to be traps in this house, and there were going to be glyphs, that neither of us are really magic users, mm-hmm. would we have been able to find something like a magical like trap disarmor in the under undercellar, undercity? Um... Not particularly, just because the two of you don't naturally have that ability to be able to right. do that. Um, you would be more relying on your wiles to figure out how to either bypass the trap or disarm it. That would be up to you. Okay. Okay, I, w- I would have uh, done a really thorough 
check on the door to see if there is any... Um, like a physical trigger? Yes, a physical way to disarm it. Okay, go to make an investigation check. Can I have uh, Sure, so it'll be at advantage. This will be at advantage? Yeah. Good, because I don't need it. Oops. God damn it. Huh. Okay. This is no longer a children's stream. <laughs> never was. Oh, never was. Streamers. 28? Like, Sorry? 28? 28. Um, yeah. You, having spent enough time around magical traps, you know this kind of a trigger. This is when the door is attempted to be turned without being unlocked correctly. The trap would trigger. Okay. It's a, it's a relatively so, simple one. It simply requires okay. a key to disarm the trap. Okay, key. Uh, could I Could I try to? Pick you could the lock? potentially try and pick the lock. If you were successful, you would uh, be able to simply open the door. Would I gather Sorry. that if I was unsuccessful picking the lock, I would trigger it? Correct. Okay. Um. So if you pick the lock, Elise is going to stand with um, absorb energy prepared to try and mitigate some of the damage that the lock would that the triggering would do. Okay. Go ahead and make a, uh, so this will be a Thieves' Tools check. Oh, boy. Fifteen? You get the lockpicks in there and attempt <laughs> to turn it, and you feel like you're catching on something, and then the pick just springs, and you hear a... F- and it uh, glows immediately. Uh, Elith, you cast... Absorb energy. Hang okay. on, let me find me. Yeah. Thank you, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kaylee. That's okay. Um, I'm trying to cast it just sort of both of us, or absorb elements, sorry. Yeah. Um, so the spell captured some of the incoming energy, lessening its effect on you and storing it for your next melee attack. You have resistance to the triggering damage type until the start of your next turn. Um... And the first time, yeah, it's more like... Uh, it doesn't really say what it does to mitigate the damage, though. Uh, so one thing here with the, with this is that this is on self. You're not able to cast it on another in person. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So you would prepare it, and you would instinctively cast it on yourself, which is good, because it releases a six-level fireball spell. So oh, nice. you do <laughs> also mitigate the damage on yourself. Uh, however, I need oh, both of you to make dexterity saving throws for me. Thank you. So would I read about this in the newspaper? <laughs> You're far enough north that no. <laughs> Local mansion set ablaze. 27. 23, 27. So, Alura, you being a rogue, having evasion, you instinctively, oh shit, and duck right low to the ground and let the fireball pass directly over you. Uh, straight into Elith who it explodes, but you do succeed on the saving throw. Um, so it would be 47 points of damage, halved to 23, but because you had to absorb elements up, it's halved again to 11. So you take 11 points of fire damage. I also, um, uh, I also don't take any damage. No, you take zero damage. You ev- you evade it completely. Dude, rogues. Yeah. Rogues, man. Fireballs, the things, <laughs> the bane of rogues. Um, so uh, you taking no damage uh, instinctively look back up and you see that there is now a burned um, charred glyph in the center of the door that 
is fully charred that was not there before. And your knowledge of how glyphs work is they typically have a recharge time. So okay. you would know that while you were unsuccessful in picking the door, Elith may still have a chance and you may still be able to get in and get out. But um, that okay. was a large explosion and a lot of damage. So your time is a lot limited. of noise. A lot of noise. So Elith, you've got one shot. Go and uh, roll your uh, lockpick check. Is dexterity? Uh, for you, it's dexterity. Yeah. Okay. Or um, sleight of hands? No, no, it's just straight. It's dex, and then if you're proficient with thieves' tools, it's plus your proficiency. But you're not. Yeah, I'm not. It's a 20, right? It's a natural no. one. Yeah. No! <laughs> hey, the first nat one! Yeah! Knocking no. both out so early. You taking your own set of thieves' tools, putting them in there, your arms still charred a little bit, you kind of like are trying to fiddle in, and then you just feel a twinge of pain in your shoulder, and you instinctively throw your shoulder out, and you hear a tink as your pick breaks inside the lock, uh, effectively disabling the ability to even unlock the door at this moment. At this point, all you have left is basically brute force or get out of there and figure out a way to come back. Well, with the brute force, I have fire damage stored from absorbing that blast, the fireball So can we try and like, how thick is the door? Does it look like it can be pried open? Uh, it's it's a fairly standard wooden door, but it has an iron frame around the edges of it. So pride, probably not. Broken, potentially. Okay. Then... Oh. Uh, it's okay. We got I'm kicked so around, sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry, that's me. That's I got okay. it, I'm fixing it. Okay. Um, so maybe I look at Allura and I'm like, let's, let's fucking do this. And then um, grab her and together we like make a rhyme at the door and I use like the fire energy to like kind of like create sort of like some fire um, in the blast of our, I don't know, shoulders as we sort of like ram the door. Yep. Sure. I'll say you can do that. Go and make an attack roll for me. Okay. Uh, what kind of just attack? Just Kaylee? Uh, yeah, it'll be just Kaylee. Actually, no, it'll be both of you. Um, yeah. It'll be because you're just trying to brute force the door. Um, I'll get. Mo- I'll let both of you make uh, athletics checks for me. If it looked like it was more likely that we could, like, I could, like, stab the adamantine scimitar through there, or use it to pry the door, I would do that. But if it, you said it looked like we could pry break it, the I- door, no. Um, but and this is the thing is slashing weapons against that, not so much. You're looking at bludgeoning, right? You're trying to break a door down. Is there? Is there can we see the hinges to the door at all? Uh, no, the hinges are on the other side. Okay. Okay, door itself right. is actually wood, so we would have a chance. You would, yeah. So go ahead and make both of you to make athletics checks. Uh, Kaylee will say, with the fire, make yours at advantage. Sweet. So athletics? Athletics, yeah. Okay. 17 and 18. So um, it's going to be um, 25. 25? Ooh. Allura? Uh- Mine only 18, I rolled a 19. All right, between the two of you with the additional of the fire damage, you're kind of pushing it into your hand and essentially kamehameing the door. You just nice. feel a crack and then heavy splintering as the door itself splits in half in the center and you can kind of force open one side, push it off the hinge and enter into the room. Um, nothing, no other traps or anything await oh, you inside the room. You just see a single heirloom necklace inside a glass cage in the center of the room. Okay. Is there any other glass cages? Any other glass cages? Yep. Classic Alora. Three second scan. Oh, uh, no, there doesn't appear to be anything else. This is the one item of value that's in here at the moment. 
can I check the case and what it's on and the floor leading up to the case <laughs> to make sure there's no traps? So the, the Wanda like, secrets would have alerted you to any traps that would be inside the room. You know that there doesn't appear to be anything inside here. Okay. Is the, can we lift up the case? Uh, the case does appear to be a sealed glass case. Smash okay. and grab. Yeah. For the record, the... yeah, smash, smash it. it. Um, I don't know. I know there's like no like CSI water deep, but I was gonna say <laughs> anyway, just in case. You're like at least I'm wearing gloves. Like Alith is yeah. like like baby's first heist. Like her hair is tied back. She has like uh... gloves on. She's like maybe like put some like black around her face and so no one can see who she is. Alora's like, <laughs> like, as you came, when we like prepped this, as you like came out of the whatever rooms we were staying, she would have like kind of looked at you and been like, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is so cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to smash the glass inside or do you want to just take the glass cube off the pedestal and bring it with you? Does, oh. the, pedestal, does the cube look like it would fit in the bag of holding? Uh, yeah, it's fairly small. It's it's only about that big or so, about the size of your head. Okay, then yeah, take the whole thing. Back yeah. hold it. I picked All it up right. and kind of like tossed through it to Kaylee or to Elise and said, uh, "Okay, let's go." Okay, so you kind of just um, I, uh, sorry. I pull out of the bag of holding a matte black business card with <laughs> that has an A E together on it. I think um, Elon Musk and Grimes child. Oh my. <laughs> Oh my god. The wet bandits strike. (laughs) Where are the wet bandits, Lloyd? This card with that glyph in glossy gold lettering. And leave it on top of the plinth. And then I leave it on top of the plinth. Okay. So you're taking the uh, the glass. You do hear there is a fair bit of commotion. You doing this in the dead of night is definitely playing to your advantage, but there is a lot of commotion downstairs. You're starting to hear sheaths, uh, swords being drawn, metal on metal scraping sounds, heavy boot falls. Um, so you quickly grab this, launch yourselves out the second floor window, I'm assuming? Yeah. All right. I'll get both and of you to make I that. I would say let's go to the roof. Yeah, rather than down. Yeah. And just, just to, to wait for the most opportune moment. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if for you to get back up to the roof, you Grab would. Like yeah. Okay. We'll say that uh, because in order for you to get down. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, we'll say athletics checks from both of you to try and get back up to the roof. Because okay. you're trying to just climb up a rope. <laughs> no. Uh oh. Not 20. The rope strikes again. The rope strikes again. Uh, Elith, what'd you get? 19. 19, okay. You, you start to climb your way up and allure you instinctively. Come on, I got this. It's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. What'd you, what'd you roll? I rolled a three, so that'll be a solid two. That's a two. Laura. So you're like, okay, I got this, I got this. And you reach out for the rope and you grab the rope and you start to take one step out and you do that thing that everyone does the first time they go on a rope swing and you hold it like right here. So your whole body weight just goes, boom. And you just slam down onto the ground. Um, you do take a little bit of bludgeoning damage, falling 20 feet. You take eight points of bludgeoning damage, falling to the ground. It's fine. Don't worry about that. Uh, the damage doesn't matter, really. But you do find yourself now on the ground, splayed prone. And Okay, I would have, like, before the, before the heist, we would have planned, if we had gotten separated, to yeah, have a spot to meet. Yeah, uh-huh. that's definitely point, doable. I was gonna say uh, at this point, I would have uh, fallen into the shadows as much as possible, and uh, and like 
just booked it. Away. Yeah, go and make a, yeah. another stealth check for me. You're apart from me, so you're not going to have passed without trace. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. I mean, I know you don't really need it, but yeah. Uh, that'll be 25. 25. Um, in the dead of night, everybody going upstairs. You do hear the footfalls going up the stairs. Um, and then eventually, I, oh, I think she went over here. Or I think they went over here. And then eventually out to the window. Uh, and you see a couple of torches being lit and around trying to figure out exactly what happened. Seeing the broken in door leave you on top of the roof just silently staying there as best you can uh, and then looking at the rope and looking up and like tugging on the rope and eventually dislodging the um, the grappling hook from the roof yep. I'm just saying to myself fuck Allura we have got to get you working out oh my god <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you wait a good, couple, good couple of minutes and you start to hear uh, quite the commotion coming from inside uh, and then you start to hear what seems like one side of a conversation um, you've got to get back here. Um, it's gone. You you need to make sure that you're coming back as soon as you can. Um, and you kind of realize that it's probably your time to go. Uh, I'll go and get you to make an acrobatics check to drop from the roof because your rope is now gone. Um, I would have probably, instead of dropping from the roof right there, I would have sort of like very quietly found like a back, like gone elsewhere on the roof rather than where people were looking, like right yeah, by yeah, this. Of course. It's, it's yeah. more so to, to fall silently without taking any damage. Okay. Acrobatics. Yeah, acrobatics. Okay, that's fine. It's going to be 23. 23? Yeah. You are able to drop down, kind of hold your fingers up and get yourself as low as you possibly can, grab onto one of the pipes, and then slowly start to work your way down and then eventually drop when you're about 15, 20 feet off the ground. Do a quick little three-point roll and then just tuck yourself straight into a run as you uh, make your way further off. Just make one more stealth check for me just in case. I saw it past that trace going. Yeah, it's more so Yeah. for brevity. It was a shitty roll, but it's still going to be fun because I have passed without trace. So it's going to be 27. 27. More than enough for you to be able to make your way off and eventually find Allura at the meeting point that you two had designated. The item in its case, a little jumbled now, uh, definitely off of the very nice velvet piece, uh, neck piece that was holding it. But you do have it and you have the plastic or the uh, the glass case that's holding it. Can so I what just is- ask again what the name of the person we stole it from was? Uh, yeah, the name was uh, Anga, A-N-G-A-H, Lala, L-A-L-L-A. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. So the heist successful. You turn over the uh, uh, the necklace to the fence that uh, or to the individual that had hired you to steal it and still <laughs> inside... Sorry? Did the necklace have a name? Uh, it didn't. It was just the the heirloom ruby pendant. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. So you turn it over. You're each paid out in gold, 500 gold pieces each for stealing that. Uh, however, Kaylee, as we had discussed, you instead wanted to trade in an item and forego the payment in exchange for a better weapon. Correct? Correct. All right. Awesome. So that entitles you to the Whisper Shortbow. What? That sounds so cool. It's yeah. called the Whisper Shortbow. Yeah, it's called the, the, the weapon is called the weapon is called the Whisper. The Whisper. Yeah. Okay. And Allura's it, and it going is a to be like. Be still, my beating heart. When Alora finds the name of it, she's just she's gonna seem kind of aloof about it. Okay. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I right. didn't know it was called that. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Um. So yeah. So. Again, was that on purpose, Trudy? 
No, this was before any of that discussion. I, I had shown this to Kaylee like six months ago. Back. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Four or five. When I was like, Jordy, can I have a fucking magic bow, please? <laughs> yeah, you were like, can I have a fucking magic bow, please? I'm like, yeah, there's a long bow of warning that's coming like two sessions from now. And you're like, no, it's not good enough. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I didn't think it wasn't good enough. I just said, I'm really excited to do like magical damage. <laughs> it's true. Um, the Whisper, um, do you want to explain what it does? Do you have the card? Or do you want me to send it to you again? Um, yes, hang on one second. I, ha I have it in our combo, I think, but let me just um, bring it up. Yeah, it's just called Whisper. If you uh, have it on hand, you can send it to me. Yep, I will send it to you right now. Um, it's going to be really cool with some of the abilities that come along with Gloomstalker in the next few levels. It's going to play really well. Yeah. So if you'd like to let everybody know exactly what this weapon does. So, uh, it um, requires enchantment, um, of course. Uh, plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this weapon. Uh, while holding the bow, you gain dark vision to a range of 60 feet. If you already had dark vision to a range of 60 feet or greater, your vision is extended by an additional 30 feet instead. So I'm just going to remind you all of my already crazy dark vision range because I'm a drow gloom stalker. So it's now going to be 180 feet of dark vision. Whoa. So you can see into the next session. <laughs> the time. Yeah. What's behind that wall? Um, if you already, oh, sorry, uh, you can also communicate telepathically with any creature you can see within 30 feet. While you are hidden or invisible, your attacks with this weapon deal psychic damage instead of their normal damage type. As a bonus action, you may make a DC 15 stealth track. If you succeed, attacks you make this round do not end your invisibility or reveal your position as they otherwise would. Yeah. Damn. So, so essentially, that's for... <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah. It was an item that I'd had on the back burner for a while, and I figured it was a pretty apt time. Um, and overall, it's just a really, really cool one. So, um, do I know that Laura's kind of like taken no. aback game of this at all? I, no. Unless you shared everything, Alora. I don't think you have. No, I wouldn't have shared, but like I would have been kind of like noticeably kind of like, hmm. Yeah, I think I would have, given the time that we spent together, I think yeah. I would have been no, like... You, you would have noticed something was off, but you yeah. don't know exactly yeah. what it would have been. No, for sure. All right. Um, so. um, and then so talk to each other now. This is going to be cool. Yeah. That is cool. What? So you, yeah, so we, you two can, can telepathic. So Kaylee holding the bow can telepathically yeah. communicate with anyone within 30 feet of her. And you can okay, replace. Okay, so can I talk back? Yes, she has to initiate the conversation, and you can reply. That is so cool, Elise. What the heck? Can so if we if we do I'm this again, it could be really try talking to her, like yeah. And I, like see her kind of straining, and I'm like, yeah, you're like you have to. Not uh, I have to talk first. That she has to initiate. I'm yeah. trying really hard. I have, and then I just say like in in her head, I'm like, I have to start it off. But once I do, we can kind of keep in touch <laughs> on a job like that again. This is gonna <laughs> help us be way more successful. That and push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Bow and more push-ups. I'm gonna have to figure out how to fucking get rid of glyphs. That's gonna <laughs> come in really yeah. handy. Yeah, well, my I think my uh, my training would have, will be helping a little bit with that over time. Right. Got it all covered, except for the whole brute force thing. Other than that, we're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you want to announce now, Amanda, or wait? Oh yeah. Um, so I've I I 
am taking a level in Bard. Ooh, what? Oh! What the fuck? <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm taking a level in Bard, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about, like, the split as it comes, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. So, Laura <laughs> is Rogue 9, Bard <laughs> 1. That's right now. Yeah. yeah. I should have waited until I cast a spell. Eh, that's cool. <laughs> now is a good time with you two wrapping this up because we're going to dive right into <laughs> Leith and Hope here. So, um, may I ask reasons. a question before you do yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Um, so my uh, my item that I yep. commissioned, we're, we still have to wait till we're back in Baldur's Gate to collect, correct? Yeah, so you would have you knew that you wanted the item. You knew that you would yep. be paid enough to cover it. So you could have commissioned yep. it, gone and done this, come back to Baldur's Gate, waited a little longer, and then you would have gotten it. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, awesome. So now we're going to jump into Leaf and Hope. Uh, oh whoever boy. wants to take the lead on this, what have you two been doing? Uh, I've got the dock open. Do you want me to yeah. <laughs> rifle this one off? All right. Um, so, yeah, so we ended, uh, we split up from the group uh, with the intention of going up to visit Leaf's granny, um, which we did. Uh, we were visit her for about, you know, two three weeks, checked in with her, made sure everything was good. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of realized that destiny's knocking, you know, we got, we got stuff to do. We got places to be, we got, we got logs to lift. So uh, this is when you start queuing the uh, Rocky training montage. <laughs> um, so yeah, whole time, you know, we're doing, we're going for jogs in the forest. Uh, we're, we're lifting logs and, uh, yeah, so Hope, um, I think at this point you've mentioned that uh, we've got some stuff to take care of in Fire Shear. So mm-hmm. at this point we're in the high forest. Mm-hmm. So we we s- s- say uh, goodbye to my granny. She's and lovely, by the way. <laughs> you meet Beatrice. And uh, yeah, we continue. Uh, we go up. I'm trying to think. Yeah, we kind of go through the sword mountains, like stay off the coast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, make our way up to a uh, fire shear to, uh, yeah, to meet with uh, hopes, uh, hopes uh, peeps up there. Um, do you want me to keep reading off our, okay. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Cool. So, um, and you know, things, things start happening because uh, we're, you know, we're bored. Uh, the, the rest of the party it's kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're the moral compass, but the party, you know, what's a compass without any, you know, direction. Now we're spinning all off the fucking route. Um, we get into some sus shit. I'll say that right off the bat. Um, so are, are we cool, uh, revealing what we're doing on the way up to a fire share? Uh, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. They yeah. their heist. Let's share what we've been taught and what we've been getting up to. Yeah, well, you know, nothing nothing big here, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're dipping into the party life and our goal is to ideally engage in as many pit fights as possible. So uh, yeah, we're scrapping our way up the uh, sword coast. Yeah, so you would have headed west uh, out of the high forest. You would eventually pass along the Deseran River through Yartar into Tribor, and that was where you kind of would have found your first experience <laughs> in the underground fighting pits. A few places yeah. where betting was plentiful, uh, fighters less so. So seeing two rather large individuals making their way 
in. You're immediately staked as competitors. And oh, no, Jordy! Make- no, Jordy! No, Jordy! Uh-oh, is our stream okay? Uh-oh, someone else take over. Oh, no. Oh, hang on. So, yeah, fighting the DM freezes. Sorry, I'm back. Ah, uh, he's back. There it is. Yeah, it's the one downside. Uh, my internet goes out every once in a while, but it's okay. The stream is totally <laughs> fine. It's just the video conference that goes. Oh, we all froze. Yeah. So, yeah, so you would have made your way along the Destron River into Yartar and then into Tribor, and then eventually north, uh, Long Saddle, Mirabar, Luskin, and so on. So, continue on from there. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're firing our way up to uh, Fire Shear, and our goal is to kind of build a bit of a renown as a pit fighting team. Um, mm-hmm. And we're just kind of aiming to make connections with, you know, the fight club networks that exist across the Sword Coast. Uh, and yeah, throughout the whole time, you know, to keep costs manageable, we're camping out in the daddy wagon. So, uh, we're, we're, we're van camping our way up the coast and uh, eventually we arrive in fire shear. Um, believe hope at that point confronts, uh, the leaders of their monastery, Bahamut, um, where, uh, denying they're partaking in the rite of rebirth. And depending kind of on the length of that, uh, we, you know, cap off there and then start our way back heading towards uh water deep yeah you would have made quite the name for yourselves in fire Shear, especially um between the two of you as imposing figures as you are and as rare as furbolgs and tieflings are among the realm um definitely people that would stand out ones that would start to gain renown not only for your physical prowess but for how well you played off of each other's abilities and off of your emotions how long you'd spent together how much time you had grown closer over the last year and a bit yes um you would have eventually become quite the tag team duo essentially the the daniel and henrik sedin of the fighting pits as it there were. we go <laughs> Um, and I will also say, uh, I would like to make sure we're upholding sportsmanship whenever possible, uh, healing the other team if they're, you know, really bust up. We, you know, we want to we wanna foster friendship with these people. Every yeah. once in a while, throwing out a healing spell mid-combat just because you feel a little bad for how bad they're Exactly, doing. you know, you really... <laughs> um, we're just too strong, so sometimes just to kind of keep it a bit fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you punch each other once in the face and then go in the ring. Yeah, kind of snap the nose in. All right, let's go. Um, can I reveal one of my favorite little parts of what uh, Leaf and I got up to? Please, go. Oh, yeah. Um... So I think this is ridiculously cute and sweet. Uh, We got matching mushroom tattoos. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Where are they? Where are they? Uh, Well, mine's a tramp stamp, but... uh... Yeah, mine's straight on the butt. Nice. Oh, you got a cutie mark. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, maybe... (laughs) Yeah, so I just wanted it in places only where they would see it. I love this. Yeah, so that was our that was our wild year. Uh, I think I think. Fun oh, guy. Oh, I said Leaf got a mushroom tattoo because he's a fun guy. Hundred percent. There it is. So I think I think we kind of described this year as a, a the uh, rumspringer of our <laughs> characters. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Also, um, Hope had a sending stone and a Leaf had a sending stone, so we were kind of like sending each other messages to check up and like. Hey, how you doing? Love ya. Like, I heard there was an explosion yeah. in Waterdeep as everyone okay. <laughs> There's a doctor around for that big fire in Waterdeep. Uh, <laughs> oh, the I fire wasn't in Waterdeep. The fire was way south and east. 
Uh, it was actually, it was something you would have, actually, quite honestly, you probably would have heard about it coming back from Selgaunt, because it's kind of oh. along the trail. You would have heard about a uh, an item being stolen and a large fire at one of the mansions coming back uh, outside of um, uh, Scor- Scornabelle. Oh, interesting. Who no one could identify, who left the coolest calling card of all time. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Jordy, one other thing that I was going to be doing was, because uh, I'm level uh, 10 now, yes, I can channel divinity, so I'm going to be kind of praying uh, to Eldath, kind of looking for guidance, uh, where to look for my parents, and kind of where to start that uh, journey. And it would take some time, something that you're not exactly used to, always mm-hmm. being a faithful individual, making sure that you said your prayers every time that you needed to, called for assistance, but more so just gave selflessly. You eventually would receive a few responses, uh, more so just intuitive feelings, less words, more just kind of flashes of imagery um, of along the coast of initially dark and cold weather and initially drawing you towards fire shear and following through on hope's right of rebirth storyline there and eventually to warmer climates essentially the feeling of peace of tranquility of that you've harm you've been harmed enough and you deserve some downtime and so that would have drawn you south past um uh, oh my god why am I blanking on the name? Uh, uh, past, past Neverwinter, and then eventually down to Waterdeep, just south of the Sword Mountains. Yeah. Can I also just add that um, Cinnamon is thriving. Cinnamon. Oh, Cinnamon's doing great. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. It's the um, best horse. Yeah. Like, um, because one of the little downtime things is that Leaf can finally now braid hair. Yep. Um, after being told by Hope, um, and so Leaf has braided Cinnamon's hair with like ribbons and stuff like that, and like flowers. It's like incredible. And I can talk to them while I'm braiding. Mm-hmm. I can't understand what they're saying, but I can talk. Yeah, you can use your uh, your words essentially to calm emotions. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. I, I, I'm just like kind of. I'm just like pleasantly watching on, like whenever this happens just like smiling also feeling that like cinnamon's very content and happy one of the first times and only times that cinnamon will see an individual that stands taller than they do sure yeah so without wrapping up what all of you have done oh my goodness over the course of the last year i'm gonna go ahead and grab a slightly different piece of music whoa here we go so After nearly a year apart, you've all settled in quite nicely to lives independent from one another, or paired off to spend some time together at various points along the Sword Coast. Leaf, you and Hope, under the advice of Eldath, decided to make your way south from Fireshear to warm up after your time there, traveling through and spending a few days in both Luskin and Neverwinter as you pushed further south towards the northern hub city of Waterdeep. From the stories of the other fighters, you figured this would be a more than adequate place to spend some time resting, enjoying the finer things that you've gone without being as far north as Fireshear for so long. On your travels, you had heard of the size of Waterdeep and the imposing troll wall that surrounds it, but nothing could really prepare you for what that looks like in person. And as you're cresting a large grazing hill dotted with flocks of sheep and cattle, the unbelievable expanse of the city comes into full view stretching almost to the horizon ahead of you. 
A solitary road runs south, outside the city, towards a massive bastion gate in the center of a high stone wall. Reinforced with iron spikes and bands, the wall must stand at least 100, 200 feet tall. Beyond it, the trail continues to a second, smaller, inner wall, before the city itself is laid out. And at this distance, the buildings, they almost seem to stack on top of each other. There's no visible gaps or paths, save for a single wide road that cut the city nearly in half, left and right. Pulling up to the outskirts near the troll wall, you notice there's an especially long queue of travelers, what seem to be merchants attempting to get into the city, with a rather substantial guard presence at the Bastion Gate. The queue is filled with the usual signs of weary traders and travelers, worn down wagons, tired horses or oxen pulling them, and the scars of the road adorning the wood, be it from weather or from weapons. The guards all wear shining full plate mail emblazoned with the now familiar crest of the Lord's Alliance, a golden crown in the center of the chest plate. The Alliance is one of the primary factions of the realm, and the dominant military force in most cities along the coast, with many of its highest ranking leaders residing in Waterdeep itself. With longswords at their hip, or spears staked in the ground beside them, the guards seem to be intention intensely questioning each person as they reach the front of the queue. You find your place in line, begin to wait. Good. 15 or 20 minutes going by. You catch a couple of words here and there from the merchants and travelers, essentially wondering why things are taking so long to get in the city. It seems like this length of queue and this amount of questioning is something that's a little out of the ordinary. But nothing transpires. People are pulled out of line. Good 20 minutes or so pass by as each person is vetted by the guards, but eventually allowed in. And you see each individual running the gamut on races from across the coast. Half-orcs, elves, halflings, gnomes, humans, dwarves. All checked, all passing through the massive gate without incident. A rather burly dwarf raises a hand and gestures as you're next in line. And Next! Oh, I, I turn to Hope. Hope, I'm not really good at this talking stuff. Or are you good to kind of help me out here? Absolutely. I think... I think we've been getting better at this. Let's let's try it together. Sounds good. And uh, I take their hand and uh, kind of walk towards the guard. Oh. Alrighty. And you can see he's a little bit short, squat, kind of slouched a little. Um, you know, clearly taking his job seriously, but definitely not exactly on the most alert of people. Right. Where are you traveling from? Oh, we're uh, com coming in from Neverwinter. Uh, just, just coming down to uh, hang out. <laughs> and, uh, uh, so never winter, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, what are your professions? Uh, uh, I'm a cleric. Right. And uh, what deity do you pray to? Uh, oh, I pray to Eldath. Right. And yourself. Uh, I am a paladin. I'm here to help protect this cleric. The uh, paladin is not a profession. What uh, what is it that you do? <laughs> what, what is your trade? Are you a, a trader? Are you somebody who uh, makes things? Do you weave baskets? What is it that you do? Oh, we braid hair. You braid. <laughs> yeah, I braid hair. You braid, braid hair. Fantastic hair. 
you see this? And I kind of point to like my exquisite braid. It was, it, they're incredible. You want your beard braided, they'll braid your beard. Uh, no, thank you. I'm quite content with my braid being the way that it is. Right? Uh, hair braider, apparently. Alright, uh, what is your purpose in Waterdeep? Uh, just want to have a little visit to the city. Have a little... Just have a look around. Just be some tourists. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh. Is this your first time in the city? Yeah, um, is there like a pamphlet or something we can get uh, <laughs> and, and, you, and you see him he looks up at you both and just gives a pained groan and then turns behind him and reaches into a cloth sack at his belt and pulls out a, fo- a few small cue cards which he places directly <laughs> in front of his face before standing as straight and as tall as a dwarf can shoulders back <clears throat> welcome to the city of splendors most commonly referred to as Waterdeep. My name is Carden Smelthead. Please allow me to tell you about the locations and some amazing features of our fine city. He lowers the cards a little as if to ask if you want him to continue. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And nod eagerly. He puts the cards right back up so he doesn't even have to look at you anymore. I turn to Hope and say, this is going great. Way better than the last place. This is so wonderful. And I just kind of like hug onto Leaf's arm. Just like, ugh. And he just gives a, a pained groan again. <clears throat> you are passing through the north gate of the Troll Wall, along the High Road, and into the northern part of the city referred to as the North Ward. The North Ward is a quiet neighborhood that is home to several noble families and features the Cliff Watch, a 100 high foot cliff edge where you can look out over all that lies east beyond our walls. But don't worry! There are guards and railings to keep you safe from falling to an untimely death. Oh, that's good. If you travel west towards the water, you will pass into the Sea Ward, where some of the wealthiest families in Faerun live and spend their time. Be sure to marvel at the grand homes of the nobility, or spend some time in the Hero's Garden and on the Field of Triumph. South of of there, you will find the Castle Ward, which holds the administrative buildings and buildings of state, where the open lord of Waterdeep, Lady Laryl Silverhand, governs inside the castle, passing the laws that keep us and you safe within these walls. (laughs) This is also where the largest market of trade lies, so be sure to bring some coin to buy or items to sell should the mood strike you. Next up is the Trade Ward, where we allow traveling merchants to set up shop and trade unique curios from around the world. The Open Lord would like to state that these merchants are not associated with Waterdeep in any way, and we advise you to verify any items of value before purchasing them here. Basically, don't be a fucking moron and buy something expensive without someone's wagon without checking it. Oh, uh, I'll be sure to do that. Thanks, Carden. The cue cards come back up. The Dock Ward is built at the edge of the Great Harbor, and is where most travelers spend their time within our city. Taverns, inns, alehouses, and local sites of debauch... De- Houses no, of special of- favors are found within our city, and we encourage you to enjoy your time spent in this ward. Just be sure to keep a tight grip on your coin purse. Well, if- have you been to the special favors before, Carden? 
Carden, you can. You if can you've be come honest. to pay your respects to the departed, oh boy, the city of the dead is where you seek. Many a fallen warrior, ally, and friend are buried behind those walls, and it allows for the grieving people of Waterdeep to have a place where they may express their sorrow. Lastly, the South Ward is the smallest area of our city, and is mostly home to those working their way up within our walls. Should you be looking for cheap purchases or labor, this is the spot for you. Welcome again to the City of Splendors, and I hope you enjoy your time within our walls. Do you have any questions? And he puts the yeah, cue we... cards away, taking a deep breath and then slouching again. I'm sorry, the first part, um, I was kind of just taking, no, it's all good. I'm, uh, it sounds I, great, Carden. Can I, uh, do you have a copy of those cards? It would be very useful to ha- to create our own little map of the place. No, this is the only copy I have. I'm really sorry, there's nothing I can do for that. But if you spend some time in the city, there are a few cartography shops. You'd be able to simply purchase a map for the city if you so choose. Excellent. That sounds great. Thank you so much, Carden. Thank right. you, Carden. So now that that's uh, over with, uh, wh- how long will you be staying in the City of Splendor? Um, uh, I don't think we've quite figured it out yet, but... A few weeks at least, I assume? That's the plan, at least. That's reasonable. Do you have so, any contacts within the city or any places that you are attempting to stay? No, I was actually... That was going to be my next question. Do you have any recommended places to hang out or park our wagon? Uh, it's a little difficult for me to tell exactly how rich you are, but uh, there's a few places that would be of some interest. Uh, the Golden Harp Inn, that's a pretty good one. It's in the Sea Ward. Uh, it's give or take a couple of gold pieces a night, run by a fire genasi. Uh, cool. That's a little bit rich for your blood, that's fine. Uh, there is quite a few places within the Dock Ward that are good. Uh, the Blue Mermaid is a nice spot. Very quiet, run by uh, an old uh, cleric. And uh, if all you need is a bed, you could stay at Warm Beds. It's kind of a rickety piece of shit, but it's at least a room to sleep in. Warm Warm beds. Hope, that sounds incredible. The play of the beds are already warm. We it's, should go there. It is run by a copperborn man. I'm sure that he can assist with a bedpan that will heat up the bed for you. Uh, the last one that I would recommend, depending, of course, on how rowdy you find yourselves wanting to be, is the Rearing Hippocampus. Uh, it's another spot within oh. the dock ward, a little more expensive, but if you're looking to have a good time without initiating anything too expensive... It would be a good spot. A little on the rowdy side, but run by a nice little gnome man. He goes by Wag. That sounds kind of cool. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. All right. Uh, last question. And this is the important one. Are you carrying any contraband into the city? No. No. <laughs> no. Do you know what the word contraband means? That could not means? have been timed any better. Uh... Yes. I think so. Do you have another card to read? Oh, is there another card for this one? Make a persuasion check. One of the two of you. Uh, I hope you want to take that one. I would love to. Thank you. Because you're, you're not actually carrying any contraband, right? 
I don't think so. Yeah, I don't Unless, think so. I genuinely don't. No, more so like stolen items or, oh, yeah, I don't think um, so. you know, like uh, cursed items or anything like that. No, I don't think so. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I rolled a 13. 13? He just kind of like looks you up and down and... Ugh, tourists. All right. Down the road, through the first gate. Uh, you'll see that there's another watch on the second gate. You'll be able to pass straight through. Have fun. Enjoy Thanks your so much. time off. Thank Her- you. Uh, there's enough space for our daddy wagon, isn't there, in Cinnamon? And he just kind of looks at the gate that is about 150 feet wide and goes, you'll be fine. Make your way next. And he gestures for the next person for you guys to get out of his way. Small in stature, big in personality. Let's go, Hope. (laughs) Cool. Um, So, yeah, we'll probably head towards Hope. Did you have any preference for do you have any preference for where we want to stay? So I'm going to send you guys an image on Slack just so you kind of get an idea of uh, what the city looks like. Cool. Thank you. Are you sending it to everyone or just Jesse and I? Uh, No, it'll be to everybody because you'll all need it pretty soon. It's a big one. Yeah, that's all. Oh, shit. Yeah, Waterdeep, like like I said, there's one gigantic road running north-south. And that's pretty much the only thing you saw at a distance. Waterdeep is a gigantic city. Um, well, Leaf, I was kind of interested. Um, oh my think... god, it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she Thank said. You. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It is really big. <laughs> so, just judging as you're getting into the city, you guys would estimate that it's about. 80 to 90 minutes for you to get from the northernmost point to the southernmost point walking and if you were to go east to west it would probably take you about half an hour 40 minutes so it's a big city okay where, where do they enter again they enter so, in the north. very north side the very top cool gotcha um, okay so hope i mean uh do you want to maybe go to i'm thinking that uh that that a rumpus room or whatever it was called that sounded pretty fun yeah with uh the trailing hippocampus with Wag the Gnome. Yeah, that sounded real cool. Yeah, if that doesn't pan out, maybe we should try this Warm Beds. <laughs> warm Beds is a good, uh, good fallback. I agree with that. All right, so making your way through, you see the gigantic gates on either side passing through to the other side. The sheer amount of guard presence here is something that neither of you have ever really experienced. You've passed through some decently sized cities, um, and even your time spent within uh, within Ravenloft, uh, within or sorry, um, within Barovia, and in Velaki, you know you've seen some guard presence on top of walls. This is like guards at attention spears up bows at the ready these are individuals ready for war at a moment's notice um and leaf especially you even with the amount of time you spent with hope traveling being in busier places the city as you kind of start to enter into it is almost overwhelming the sheer number of buildings let alone how crowded the streets are with people you find yourself basically leaning on hope to guide you somewhere so you can kind of get your bearings this is a little uh this is a lot there are tens of thousands of people within this city just rushing back and forth and you see 
entering into the north side, you were kind of prepped that this is the more wealthy side. People are keeping distance a little bit. You see quite a few people wearing rather nice gowns um, and in very nicely fitted suits. People passing by in cravats and ties and hats of all kinds. Um, but you start to make your way a little bit further south. Um, you see the few large wooden boards on either side of the high road at different places. And you start to notice that the boards are bounty boards. Um, there are contracts available, individuals uh, that are being searched for, information on certain things, uh, even creatures that are looking to be slain. And you kind of just take note of some of these and notice that this might be an interesting place if you're ever a little short on coin to be able to come back and uh, and have an interesting look at what might be available for you. Um, cool. Most of them are cleanly printed and display the seal of the Lord's Alliance. A couple of them don't. They look a little more haphazard, like somebody just wrote something on a sheet of parchment and then tacked it up there. Um, but you do notice as well that at one of these bounty boards, about halfway through, as you're kind of just exiting the North Ward, passing into the Trades Wards, um, there's a younger half-elf busy posting new contracts, which seem to be drawing some attention from the crowds. Specifically, they're asking for any information relating to a recent attack in the city of Sicomber, as well as for any individuals who are willing to any undertake an investigative mission for the origin and cause of the attack. Uh, the bottom of the page, the Lord's Alliance crest is stamped, as with every other one, uh, but in comparison to most of the others asking to simply speak to a local guard, this one indicates to speak directly to Raiden Vorsk, lieutenant in Castle Waterdeep. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Is that the city that we were in? No, you were in Scorbell. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was going to say, you looked so suspicious. <laughs> I was like, is this you? Is no. this you? Uh, Scornabel is due east of Baldur's Gate by quite a ways. Sicomber okay. is fairly close. It's one of the closer, larger cities to where Waterdeep is. It's much further north. Mm. Okay. Is this the one that we did the heist in? I missed. No, it was different cities. You, no, did, no. you, you guys did the heist in uh, Scornabel. And, okay. and the contract is for information uh, regarding the attack in Sicomber. Mm. Uh so, uh, you two decided you wanted to stay at the rearing hippocampus? Yeah, that sounds fun. All right. Kind of want to keep our ear to the ground. Like, I think we've sort of figured out by this point that, like, these sort of establishments are a great place to find uh, rough and rowdy folk. Exactly. And, yeah, whilst we're walking through the city, like, Leaf and I are still kind of holding hands, and I'm just kind of, like, trying to... Yeah comfort whilst we're walking through and kind of just doing a few check-ins just like leave for you are you still feeling okay do you need a little stop for some do you need um, water? you know i'm sure w once we get to meet this wag guy he sounds pretty cool so uh i'll i'll be good till then it's just you know it's funny that a city this size can make me feel so small eh all right just so big heart very profound. Too true. All right, so the two of you making your way south, eventually into the dock ward. Uh, you kind of ask around a couple of people, and when the name Rearing Hippocampus comes up, um, a lot of the locals, you notice, are kind of like giving you like little scornful looks, uh, but you've realized that not a lot of people are directing you in the right direction. Uh, but you find a couple of rowdy sailors, guys who are clearly just in off of one of the boats, and they all just give you big smiles and then wrap their arms around you. Come on, follow us, fellow! And just immediately oh, sounds like fun. Uh, get you kind of wrapped up in the <laughs> little journey there. Uh, but you do eventually cool. find your way to the hippocampus, and nice. stepping inside, you see a rowdy fucking tavern. There are drinks being sloshed all over the place, at least 
two dozen, three dozen tables, bunch of different servers, usually gnomes, halflings, uh, making their way, passing through kind of gigantic plates of food and ale above their heads, dropping off flagons here and there, things being knocked off, everybody just laughing and rowdiness. Uh, and you eventually do see that there is uh, a single solitary gnome man standing behind one of the counters. You interpret he's probably the aforementioned wag. Uh, Leaf, uh, I'm just trying to look outside here if there's a good place to tie up cinnamon before we yeah. there to talk to Wag. No, that's a good call. And yeah, would there be kind of like a parking a parking lot? Yeah. For this specific place, not really, but there are enough stables around that you would be able to find a place uh, to park the caravan and to park cinnamon for the evening. A uh, small fee associated, it's one silver piece per night. Cool. Oh, yeah. So that sounds good. That. Um, so yeah, and then I guess kind of jog over to uh, Wag. Yeah. Uh, pleasure to engage you this evening. What is it oh, that yeah. I can do for you? Uh, hey Wag. Um, my name's Leaf. Uh, th- this is Hope. Uh, we're we're wondering to s- if we could uh, stay here tonight. You're looking for a room, or just looking for a um, place to be a little <sighs> rowdy? Kind of turn to hope. Uh, do we think we'll be here for a few days? I think so. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, we'll go for a room. One room or two? Uh, we'll, we'll, one room. One room's fine. Oh, please. One bed or two? Man, what do you think? One bed? Come on. Look at us. Clearly, we fit in one Not bed. the strangest that I've seen. All right, it's, uh... <laughs> you're looking at five silver pieces for the evening. Do you need drinks and food as well? That would be great. All Thank right, you. double it then. It'll be a gold piece each. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pass him a gold piece and say, I'm looking forward to checking out Waterdeep. <clears throat> You'll be on the fourth floor. Head upstairs. Room 412. Cool. So, uh, yeah, boot on up there. These are your medallions for your meal and for your drinks tonight. Make sure that you hand them to anybody who's walking around. Grab anything that you like. It's all included. Cool. Enjoy your stay at the Rearing Hippocampus. Any kind of gestures for you to just walk away? Uh, just one more question. (laughs) We're still standing there. He's just, like, still looking away, like, gesturing for you to just walk beside because there's a bit of a queue behind. Oh, okay. Uh... I'd love to chat with you a little bit later, Wag, though, but I'll let you help these other fine folks out. Yeah. Th- thanks, Wag. <laughs> Boy, what a nice place. And as you get out of the way, welcome to the Rearing Hippocampus. What is it that I can do for you this evening? And he's just kind of going through each of the people as they're coming in. Clearly somebody who, like, appreciates the fact that he's so busy, but at the same time is kind of over just how busy it is at the moment. Um, looks like he is long overdue for a night off. Yeah, I know that feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you two are able to make your way in. No issues whatsoever. You find the room upstairs, room 412. Um, you've got a key to the room, single bed. It is a little bit on the larger side. The rooms do look relatively well taken care of. Um, nice. But as you kind of get up into the room, you start to unpack a little bit and get yourselves a little bit more comfortable. Um, you do hear quite a bit of squeaking from above and below. Um, it looks like Rowdy is an accurate description of where this place really is. But okay. It overall is somewhere that probably... 
hopefully later at night might quiet down. You're not entirely sure. <laughs> That's okay. Perhaps, perhaps we don't have to sleep tonight. That's true. This is a uh, first night in the big city. This will be fun. So yeah, and uh, I guess we'll just sort of <laughs> take in the sights. Yeah. Um, at this point, with the amount of time that you'd been on the road and traveling, you'd have a little bit of the evening. A lot of the storefronts would be closing up. You'd maybe be able to catch, you know, a couple of different places that would still be open. Um, and just getting a couple of ideas of what you might be able to do the following day. Um, for where you are right now inside the dock ward, obviously you've got the rearing hippocampus, uh, the blue mermaid and warm beds all relatively close to each other as different options for different types of stays. Uh, you do notice as well that there's a very fine uh, fish shop somewhere that you could get a, a dinner if you so choose. Fellhauer's Fine Fish. Uh, it's a fresh fish shop and they have a small kitchen for fish and chips in the back. Um, and you'd be able to either eat using the medallion that was given to you inside the, uh, the hippocampus or you could find food elsewhere if you so chose. Cool. This this place reminds me of Les. He loved yeah. it. I'm sure he'd, uh, he'd love this place. There's water over there. That's classic Les. He was always talking about the ocean. I've never seen the ocean, but uh, this does look pretty cool. The nice thing, really, because where Fellhauer's is located is it's kind of on top of a bit of a, the, the high point of a street that goes down a little ways, and it kind of gives you a decent shot out over, this, uh, over the Grand Harbor. And the harbor itself is massive. You're looking at probably at least 100, 150 tall ships, not just like skiffs and small boats, full proper sailing vessels, fishing boats, all kinds of um, uh, nets built into the pieces and winches to be able to haul up these massive intakes of fish. It's a full-on enterprise within the city. So, tucking into a bit of food, it is delightful. Very, very nice. Properly crisp. Good amount of batter on the outside. Very nice, yeah. strong, pungent ale. Almost feels like it was marinated in Guinness. And then eventually, uh, the fish and the chips are gone. Warm bellies, starting to feel your eyes closing a little bit. It's been a long couple of weeks of travel. Even stopping in here and there to get a little bit of a bearing in each of the cities, you start to feel a little bit on the tired side. Hope shall uh, we call it a night? I think that's a great idea. Yeah, so we'll uh, yeah head back into the rearing hippocampus. All right, so you head back in. Uh, at this point, Wag has vacated the front desk. Uh, you see a little sign that's been hung up, no rooms available. So it looks like they've been booked up for the night, so it was a good thing you got there when you did. Uh, and But the bar room is packed. There are, like I said, two dozen, three dozen tables, um, all of them full, everybody else standing up. You see drinking songs, ale mugs being sloshed around, uh, occasional scuffle breaks out as somebody throws a drink on somebody else, a little too exuberant with their line in the song. Uh, but overall, everybody in a oh, relatively no. good mood. Dirty. We all froze. And then all of a sudden, you enter the ethereal plane. No, and I'm back. stuck back to Barovia. La, it's me. And Barovia. I'm back. Hi. There we go. It's the one Hi downside. Again. All right. So, yeah. So, between the tables, the people standing up, you've got people sloshing drinks around, missing their cue in a song, and just not even caring. A really, really fine display of just rowdy behavior. A couple of nice little tussles breaking out, but overall, everybody just very jubilant, very happy, and you find yourselves able to partake in anything that you like, yeah. a medallion granting you food and drink for the evening. Um, can I 
kind of quickly scan the room um, to see if there are any other tieflings or fairborgs in the room. Yeah. Sure. I'll make a perception check. Thank you. Actually, am I good to look as well? Yeah. Well, we can okay. make one each. Uh, unnatural 20. Nice. <laughs> dirty 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a natural one. First roll of the check. Oh. You know what? It makes sense. Leafs in a new city. This is more people this in one building than you've ever wild. seen. Yeah. You kind of getting a the lay of the land. You just see faces. You don't even recognize race at this point. It's just you are who you are and you look cool and you don't. I'm staying away from you. Um, <laughs> Hope you get a little bit of a better gauge on the room. Uh, Furbolgs, no. Furbolgs are still even pretty rare, even in Waterdeep. Occasionally, one will come in on a fishing boat uh, or on a merchant ship from somewhere further south, but they're definitely not the most populous of races. Mm-hmm. Um, tieflings, again, same thing. Uh, even in this kind of a city where a lot more races are accepted, tieflings are definitely not the most mm, forward in a social setting. They tend to be a little bit more reserved, as you know. Um, And so there would most likely be a place that they would be, but this kind of an environment, less so. You see a lot of humans, a lot of dwarves, a lot of dwarves. Um, Elves, half-elves, decent number there as well. Um, And a couple of half-orcs. Looks like what are probably first mates on board some ships. Definitely sporting like a little bit of outlandish wear, like some long uh, black robes but have the sleeves ripped off just so they've got the loose bits of scraggly material there um definitely trying to give the give the impression of uh, of high tone and fancy to do but definitely not that direction nice yeah uh leaf those half orcs over there might potentially be able to might be able to do a little bit of a scrap with those yeah, we can see if they, uh, are, are you feeling up to it right now, or do we want to, uh... Right now, I feel more like reclining back in an actual bed. That sounds like fun. Let's grab a drink, maybe, and uh, take a bed beer. Oh, a bed beer sounds excellent. <laughs> so, uh, as the words bed beer start to come out of your mouth, you just immediately see a little halfling come over and just sliding through with just a gigantic tray full of ale. And everyone's just grabbing one randomly, haphazardly off. You kind of just follow suit, and you each grab a mug of ale, and then eventually the halfling turns around and heads back in towards uh, the bar behind. So you that poor take a... server. Never <laughs> grab things off of a tray of a server. Oh. <laughs> it looks like whatever this is here, two hands up above the head, tray's pretty secure. It is definitely something that they're a little bit used to, given the environment. But you manage to take your, your bed beers up, find yourselves in your room, Things are very rowdy below, but not quite as much on the upper areas yet. It looks like they'll probably eventually get there. So if you were to try and get some sleep, now would be the time to try and get there. Um, and then just hope that you weren't woken up by whatever raucous events happen later in the evening. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. So you yeah. finish your ales. Feel pretty good. It's a good good little first evening, right? Landing yeah. in a new city. Starting to get your bearings a little bit. Know a couple of the places that are nearby to you. Definitely worth exploring when you get a little bit more time. But for now, some good hearty food in your belly. Some of the better food you've had in a while. A nice couple of flagons of ale. You're ready to get some sleep. Alright. So, for the two of you. Excuse me. 
As the night falls, the bustle of the city fades slightly into the raucous evening menagerie. And sleep eventually takes you. Leaf, when the darkness of sleep sets in, your vision stays dark for some time, and then soon begins to fill with a warm green and blue light in the distance, through a thick forest of lush green. Then the visage of a robed woman walking out from the light towards you, carefully moving the ferns and bushes out of her way. She raises her hand, palm out towards you, and you see yourself looking upon an entity that you haven't seen before, but you recognize as Eldath. <clears throat> the calm, content face that you would expect to see is replaced with one of unease, worry. Disciple, my time with you is limited, so I speak with haste. A disturbance has been felt. Unrest has formed across the realms during our time away. Whispers in the dark of a, a new lord being served, not of this plane. Of powerful followers who seek his rise. I fear you must find your allies. Steal your resolve. Something, and at the edges of your vision, white-hot cinders begin to drift towards Eldath from behind you, falling upon the lush wood and quickly catching the green light. Eldath's eyes go wide, looking past you, and she quickly turns, rushing back down the path into the light, and you instinctively look back to find what the source of these cinders are. The warm blue and green light behind you now fades, replaced by a deep red and orange visage of a burning hellscape. Pitch black tendrils of shadow cut swaths through the light, forming a wide, razor-toothed grin. Run, little one. Run to me, disciple. I will show you the future of this world. <laughs> and the chuckling laughter rings in your ears as the air around you becomes thick with heat and a single wisp of shadow snakes out from within the mouth, wrapping itself around your left hand. And oh, the fuck. instant it touches you, a searing blaze of heat and pain erupts, and your eyes snap open to see the image of hope over you, oh, desperately God. shaking your shoulders, trying to wake you up. The bed is drenched with sweat. And despite the chill breeze coming in through the open window, your entire body feels as if you've just been pulled from a raging inferno. You quickly look around the room, and there's nothing. It's exactly as it was. The empty flagons of ale, one tossed over onto the ground, just the sweat all over your body. And then you flex your hands and you feel an intense twinge of pain. And you look to see a long coil of black and red burn wrapped around your left hand three times. Dang. Oof. Holy shit! We didn't get drunk and get tattoos, right? <laughs> Not this time. Hope oh, you, hell of a story you being hook. asleep next to Leaf, you would have just awoken with him just shaking uncontrollably and essentially grabbing at the sheets at the bed, like almost lifting himself off oh. of the bed, and you would have just been desperately shaking him awake, trying to figure out what was causing this for a good... 20 seconds, 30 seconds of trying to wake him up and eventually 
him just coming to and snapping bolt upright, almost headbutting you as you're over top of him. And you remember everything. Well, I'll I'll relay as much as I can. But there was a I, I saw Eldath. Um, there was some fire. There was this uh, face called out to me. It was terrible. It really something's coming home. And it, what what happened to your hand? Uh, and I, I guess like I'll kind of be like I have no idea. Something reached out to me. I this is all really new. We gotta get the gang back together. There's some weird shit going on. Um, Leaf, you also looking at the the burn. You feel the pain from it. Um, yeah. And you instinctively, I'm assuming, would try to heal it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to like. The pain subsides. The burn remains. Shit. Dang. Well, this you is are... uh, this is new. Um. Essentially, it formed a a red and black coil that wrapped around your palm three times. Okay. Oh, God. Uh, Uh, Do do you know anything about this? Do you ever get one of these? uh, I've never received that one, but I can try to remember if I'd heard of such a thing happening before. Yeah, make a religion check. Uh, We have 21. 21. Three burns wrapped around the hand. Triplicate of some kind. You're honestly not sure. He was talking about there's some sort of... There's these gathering disciples. He called me a disciple. Clearly a mistake. I believe in Eldath, but uh, I just saw her. She looked great. But uh, I'm... Uh, <laughs> ho- ho- what, what time is it? Uh, it's hard to gauge at this hour. It is. Can I kind of like... Looking out over the city, the moon is fairly far past its highest point. You would imagine it's probably two, three in the morning, four in the morning. Are there many kind of bed squeaks happening from above or below? Does it sound like the bars... Bed squeaks, no. There is still some raucous uh, happening below. Um, You would imagine, based on where you are and based on the description of this place, it's probably a 24-hour tavern um, where people are just able to come and have a time because ships don't always pull in during the day, right? Sometimes they get there at night and the crews are ready to have a good time even at 4 or 5 in the morning. Cool. Um, Hope I gotta... I know we haven't talked to some of the... I haven't talked to Les, we haven't talked to the doctor, I mean, we talked to Elise and Allure a little bit, but we gotta... I need help. I can't... I think this is bigger than either of us. I I trust you, Leaf. Um, I'll send a message straight to a Leaf using the Sending Stone. Um, perhaps you can also start sending out messages. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll cast Sending mm-hmm. to Less. Okay. And uh, I'll say uh, it's Leaf. I had a vision. I was warned that something bad is coming and that I'll need powerful allies. Meet in water deep. Okay. So you less you would receive that and you have the ability to reply with 25 words. What time is it? Uh, for you, you're in the same hemisphere. It's about three, four in the morning. So you're probably dead asleep. <laughs> Sleep for uh, a actually, while. You know what? Make a... Um, 
Make a perception check at disadvantage. Okay. Because <laughs> the- theoretically, this could wake you up. Uh, perception. Uh, so got a nine was my lower one. Uh, plus four, so thirteen. Thirteen. It would wake you up. It's <laughs> it's loud enough inside your head that whatever dream or lack thereof you were having, this would have woken you up. Just by right, shouting. So, so leaf, leaf, do that again. <laughs> Wait, that's what you. That's what you're. Oh, uh, it's leaf. I had a vision. I was warned something. <laughs> <laughs> Is that <clears throat> Hello? Uh, are you there? These are all counting as words, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so that would wrap him up because he's waiting for you to talk to him again. Uh you would get that a full response. Okay, I would um I would send the same Okay, I think Les might be busy. I'm gonna, I'll call the doctor and I'll say the exact same thing to him. Okay. So cool. doctor, same thing applies. You would be asleep. Uh, perception check at disadvantage. Gotcha. You can convert 12 or higher. Okay. Jesse, yes, I really thought you were gonna do a bit at first when you were talking to Les, like, hey, this, uh, she said we need powerful allies. So have you talked to the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> do you know anyone? <laughs> do you know anyone? Uh, that's a 13. 13? Um, yeah, yeah, same thing would apply. You would uh, start to hear this inside your head. And you, in comparison to Les, who is a little more, you know, not used to being woken up in the middle of the night, would kind of <laughs> wake up to this and be able to get the gist of the message. Cool. What uh, what part of town am I in right now? Probably the trade quarter, yeah? Uh, you would be, um, for the evening, you would most likely probably be within the trades ward, yeah. Okay, cool. Um Already here, come to Trade Ward, seek Zurazal. Yeah. And within the Trades Wards, there's a couple of places. Uh, one of the places that you could stay uh, would be the Unicorn's Horn. Um, Done. So yeah, so you're within the Unicorn's Horn. Where we all want to be. Yeah. Cool. Um, the Sending Stone is also a limited amount Same of... thing, 25 words, yeah. It's the same as the spell, it's just that it's linked to one person. Yeah, yeah um, so... So you would try to send the message, uh, Elith, roll a perception check at disadvantage? It doesn't, I'm doing trance, so I'm probably... like. Oh, I'm sorry, not, yeah, for you it's different. You would just chill. hear the message. Um, Your beeper goes yeah, so, off. So you're good. Uh, so yeah, so uh, Hope, whatever you'd want to say. Hi, Elith. It's me again. Uh, <laughs> some shit went down in Leaf's dream. We need you and Allura. We're in water deep. Love you. Nice. So you would hear the entirety of that message and know that the conversations that you had had with Hope in the past were usually a little more lighthearted, checking in. This is something different. When Leaf and Hope ask for help, something something's going wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, with you guys being in Baldur's Gate as well, with your trance, you're still able to think about what your options are. Um, you would know that t- in order to get from Baldur's Gate to Waterdeep, traveling, you'd be looking at probably about two weeks on a horse on horseback. But you could theoretically get on board a ship and be there in about four or five days. Okay. It would just cost a little bit more 
unless you could find a way to barter your way on board a ship as part of a crew or something heading to Waterdeep. Okay, so I won't... Okay, um, just so that Hope knows that I heard them and that I reply to them. Um, hi, Cutie, how's it going? Um, you know you can count... You, <laughs> you know you can count on us. Um, we'll discuss details with Lura when she's awake. Um, uh, cast sending again tomorrow. Kisses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Hey, Jordy, yes, out of curiosity, would I know that Les had been in Waterdeep this time, this entire time? Les hasn't been in Waterdeep. Oh. Les is in, uh, Les, you don't know where Les is. Okay. Less is just where he is. Yeah. Less is just doing less stuff. You, um, I'll say, make a perception check for. Well, make two perception checks for me separately. Okay. Uh, the first one is twenty. Okay. Second one is twelve. Twelve. Um, you wouldn't have seen him. But with the amount of time that you had been in Waterdeep, you would have heard of a weird-looking fishman working mm-hmm. on board one of the trade ships between Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep. Oh, that's All my right. buddy. That's so the guy. It's either it's either less. There's only one or, weird-looking fishman. Yeah, it's either less or somebody else who is most likely a Triton. And in the entire time you've been around, you've known one Triton. So it's a pretty good likelihood that it's either Les or somebody who knows who Les is. Oh, yeah. Les. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the guy. However, we know each other, Jordy. That's racist. <laughs> Y'all hang out in the yeah, Everybody from the same place knows each other. <laughs> However, at this point, with us sending spells being sent off and with our hook being introduced, uh, this is going to be where we're going to grab our break. Uh, we're going to go and grab a little bit more water. But first, most oh, importantly... Yeah. We have a giveaway, and we've been having Nightbot monitoring everybody. So for this lovely little dice tray right here, for all of your dice and all of your spell slots and this little tracker and everything, uh, we're going to do the same thing that Critical Role does. If you've never seen them before, we're going to get you guys to key in a single word in the chat. And that word will be what determines the winner of the dice tray. So let me go ahead. And only and... one one entry per person. If you do more than if you enter it more than once, you are disqualified. Correct. You get arrested by the police. <laughs> you get arrested by the police. By the water deep guards. Oh no, those guys. Harden is coming after you. Yeah. So, so we're um, gonna take a how many minute break? Uh, I'll say 10 minutes, maybe 15 right. or so. Um, so we'll say we're back here by nine nine thirty seven. We'll cool. give us 12 minutes. Cool. And how long will the will the giveaway uh, the, the giveaway will be open until we come back, and then I'll close it at that point, uh, picking okay. the winner. Okay. All right. Um, So most important thing here, if you key this word in uh, more than once in any way, it will not count. Uh, So make sure that you only type it in once. Uh, We're going to start off with our keyword, which will be... Unicorn. (laughs) Beginnings. Okay, that's good too. Beginnings, beginnings works. I thought it was going to be Leslie for a second there. Oh, Leslie. The keyword will be beginnings. So make sure that uh, it is plural. Make sure you have an S on the end of that. So type that in the chat one time and one time only. Make sure that you're not using it in any of the sentences that you key in. Also, Um, 
Pixar did not qualify to enter. Yeah, Jesse Shaw. I know. I was just. I mean, I wasn't totally about to join in and write beginnings. <laughs> I, I, I'm definitely not deleting that right now. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and hop on break. We'll see you guys back here in a little bit. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll yeah. announce the winner right after our break. Dope. Woo. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to go ahead and have Nightbot roll our keyword. Yeah. And the keyword of beginnings comes in now. Oh, come on. Beginnings. What? Nightbot. Why is this? What's going on? Nightbot's being a dick. This is the we first go. time we're doing this. Amanda C zero one two four has won the giveaway. Hey! Make sure. There we go. Beginnings. Amanda C zero one two four. Congrats. Um, we do need to make sure, of course, that you are in uh, Canada or the U.S., uh, excluding Quebec. Outside of that, unfortunately, we can't uh, deliver. Um, but yeah, congrats to you. Thank you so much. You are going to be getting one of these fantastic little dice holder roller trays trackers whole nine yards. So congrats to you for that. How yeah, so if you're, fo- if you're following us, us... To give them, give us their... Um... Yeah, so what, what we'll do is uh, is I've got that recorded now as the winner on Nightbot, so I'll send you a message afterwards so we'll get your information, uh, and then we will send it out to you as soon as possible. Nice. Yeah. All right, awesome. Congrats to you. So, diving back in. Okay. With the messages sent out the previous evening, everybody being a little bit prepared with the exception of less. Uh, yeah. Jesse, did you or Leaf? Did you want to send him another message before he went back to sleep? To uh, I'm just gonna fully repeat exactly. Less, wake up, man! Something, some weird shit is going on. We need you. I have no uh, idea what my number count is, but please wake up. All right, I'm, I'm up. I'm up. Uh, where are you currently? Did you say that already? I think you did. All right, I'll be there. Bye. Yeah. That nice. works. <laughs> All right. Hey, I just, awesome. Can I just comment? Number one, I'm really happy to be back at the table. And number two, like what you guys can't hear is that, like, I can hear everything that Kevin says a fraction of a second before it actually comes out here. So, like, I'm hearing it. In double. It's and so good. Me smile. Anyways, back to uh, Waterdeep. Back to Waterdeep. So, waking up the following morning, you find yourselves again back downstairs, a little bit less rowdy than you were the night before, a little bit more somber, realizing exactly what may have transpired uh, and what the situation you now find yourselves in, having no idea what the hell is going on. But, it is a new day. It is a new dawn. Um, and you are able to fire off another set of messages uh, to alert everybody about the full situation and exactly figure out how you're going to coordinate. So, uh, Leaf, how many times can you cast message in a day? Oh, I think like six or seven. Okay. So we'll say for the sake of brevity here, you're able to send out a message to each person a couple of times as necessary yep. with the assistance of the sending stone as well to coordinate. So all of you can talk and figure out exactly how you're going to coordinate everybody getting to Waterdeep. Okay, cool. Um, so, let, oh, shit, okay, are we meeting 
Doc, are we meeting you in the trade ward? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Make- the trade ward. Zurizal? Zurizal, look for him. Zurizal? Okay, we'll head that way and sort of let everyone else know about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I I'll mean, we're not in Waterdeep. We are... Yeah, just to like kind of saying how urgently we, we need you to come here. Yeah, please. <laughs> so you well, would also gather during this... Boat, right? Sorry, say again? Uh, Allura and Elise are still four or five days away by boat, yeah? Correct. So they're in Baldur's Gate. So with all of you waking up the following morning and having these conversations, less Allura and Elise, all of you would realize that you're all in Baldur's Gate. You just haven't run into each other. Okay. Ooh. Wait, they would realize it or Elise and I would realize that they're there? Oh, yeah, I guess you would realize of- they're there and then you would reiterate to them that, oh, you're in Baldur's Gate. Les is in Baldur's Gate. Les, you're in Baldur's Gate. Allura and Aletha are in Baldur's Gate. Okay. Yeah. Hey, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll link up. Yeah, I have to talk to Allura and let her know what happened in the morning because um, she didn't hear the message or anything. And then she had a great sleep. <laughs> Les is in Baldur's. If Les is in Baldur's Gate and he is working on a ship, maybe he could help us get passage and we could oh shit pay a bunch of money to get up to Waterdeep. Where, uh, wait, am I still asleep? No, everybody's awake. You're all coordinating. This is the next day. Next day. Like having orange juice and calling the sauce and talking about our next adventure. Yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, let's head down to the, the docks and we can ask around if, you know, he's, uh, a character that not many will have missed. So let's just, (laughs) I guess, try to go find him. We can coordinate with Les and see about getting passage potentially on his ship. Um, it sounded very urgent. Um, so I think, yeah, we should try and please pop him. Do you have anything you need to settle before we leave the city? Um, I do. I have to pick up a few items that I commissioned uh, before we left. Okay, and I need to rent that PO box. So maybe in the Ooh. morning we put up and... Um, do a couple of things and then yeah. head back and find less. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> <laughs> so you two are prepped, uh, eventually figuring out how are you going to find less? We're going to go down to the docks, which we know he he's working at, and ask around for... Yeah, have you met the one who has heard of him? (laughs) Because they will have. Uh Uh-huh. Because they will have. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I might have relayed to uh, Leaf and Hope that there's, like, one fish man who's working the ships. So he won't be hard to find. (laughs) Yeah, he won't be hard to find at all. We'll just, like, we'll ask around. Someone will remember him for sure. Okay, I'll get both of you to make investigation checks for me, please. Eleven, not so great. Twelve. Twelve. Um, Rolled a three. With that description of like blue fishman, scaly mohawk, fins kind of thing, people are looking at you like you're a little fucking crazy. Mm. Like fish, fish don't walk. Fish <clears throat> are not men. Fish are fish. 
And they, they you eventually get directed to a couple of places where he might be, and it's just a fish market. Um, <laughs> and so right. you're just kind of like, yeah, people, you're like, oh yeah, you need to see a fish man? Okay, okay, there's a fish man, and it's a guy just selling fish. Um, and uh, it does take yeah, you a while. You do eventually find yourself fully down on the docks. Um, specifically within the docks, you, uh, you end up realizing that there are quite a few people within Waterdeep who are a little more in tune with this. Uh, in your Baldur's case, Gate or Waterdeep? in Baldur's Gate. Um, and you end up finding yourself talking to Korik Manx. Um, he's the assistant harbor master. Uh, very little gnome man. Um, a little bit on the happy side, kind of long auburn hair. Um, and he remembers the fact that there was a, a, a triton, a, a kind of almost looks like he's wearing armor when he's just not wearing anything kind of guy. Um, and that he's on board one of the ships, and you see him going through a series of the logs. Um, the logs show him as being on board the White Satin. Uh, and that's the, the ship. The White that, what? White Satin. That make him a knight of White Satin? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Damn it. We got him. <laughs> yeah. We got him. Uh, but yeah, he's on board the White Satin ship. Uh, it's run by a captain named Beckett Brooks. It's a cool name. Uh, who is a half-orc. And Dude, cool. it's a, a trade ship that travels between Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep. Cool. Beckett who? Beckett Brooks. Brooks. Like Garth. <laughs> Schwing. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, so you kind of asking around a little bit, the docks in Baldur's Gate are massive. Like Waterdeep is a big city. Baldur's Gate is a gigantic port. For the most part, um, it is overall a larger area. So eventually, making your way down to the docks, you do kind of ask around a little bit, and you hear that the White Satin is currently in harbor. Um, so you do know that it's there, and you find your way down. And you do eventually see Beckett Brooks kind of prepping the ship. It looks like they're getting ready to take off in about a day or two. Okay. And Les is there. Great, Les. Les, like is he working? He's, he's on board the ship currently uh, taking some very heavy items, lifting them and moving them across and essentially packing different pieces on board the ship. I'm gonna kind of walk up. Ex- excuse me, sir, are you... Do we, sorry, we would have known his name going in, hey? Uh, you would have heard his name from Korik, yeah. You would have heard Beckett Brooks. Uh, sir, are you Beckett? Are you Captain Beckett? Hi, I am. Captain Brooks? Cap- Captain, as they please. Captain. Captain. Um, uh, we are under the understanding that you, uh, you have a, uh, member of your ship by the name of Les, Les Paul. Hey, Les Paul. That's a good man. He's a, he's a friend of ours. Uh, do you think you'd mind if we, um, had a word with him? Oh, get down here! And here, we can come back at a more convenient time. Uh, we still got a couple days until we ship out. He'll be fine for a good well five minutes. That'll do. I think I'll need more. Oh, get down here! I drop what I'm carrying and saunter over. Yo, Beckett, what's going on? And you see Allura and Elise standing on the dock. <laughs> And as you see, Les, he uh, he doesn't look well. He he doesn't have any of the same garments that he had before. 
Uh, he's not wearing a battle skirt. He's not wearing a lot of the more primal attire that he was kind of adorned with um, when you first met him. Um, he is actually wearing, yeah. Does he still have the mithril on? Yes. Okay. Still has the mithril on, um, but, but it's underneath. It, it's underneath uh, some articles of clothing. He's actually wearing pants. Ooh. What? Not a skirt what? anymore. This is character and development. The pants <laughs> are kind of uh, fitted to his style, though. They kind of taper off after the knee. Um, so you know, like the back, <laughs> A little bit. Nice. But they're like, they're made out of like heavy canvas, like good for being on the on the sea and kind of outdoors. Um, kind of a rough, like darkish grayish material. Uh, he's He has... Uh, he has the mithril on uh, underneath a very elaborate coat that kind of looks like Captain Hook's coat, ship captain's coat. Oh, wow. Dark, dark navy blue coloring with like uh, embroidery all along it. That's a, a sort of a black colored embroidery. Um, and he's uh, got his shell shield kind of wrapped around his back. Um, and he's got his weapon that. Before he was just brandishing that spear that you guys had, but since then has modified it uh, quite a bit. So out of that blood spear, that's kind of like the main sort of husk of the weapon. He's he's brandished on two metal spikes on either side to kind of make Ooh. it a trident. And he's got he's got it kind of wrapped in leathers. Has kind of like a carrying sort of. Um, uh, satchel kind of thing on it so he can put it over his shoulder so he's got those two things on uh, on there uh he's got kind of this, this shiny coral uh trimmy semi-lucent um gauntlet covering uh the ogres of gauntlet that he still has so he's got this kind of like coral shelling on one side and then he's also brandishing all of these different um pockets uh he's got like a, a leather bound bracer on his other hand with a giant pouch pocket on it. He's got this belt with a bunch of other belt sort of satchel pockets under it. He's got another kind of leather strap on his thigh with another uh, pouch pocket on that. Um, and his sides are all shaved. And so his his sort of dark green seaweed hair has kind of like a top knotty thing going on with that kind of low ended fin off the back of his head still on there. Um, so he's kind of acclimatized to his surroundings a bit. A pirate's um, life for him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And he's got this big satchel that goes down to the side as well. Uh, and he sees the two of you and he's like, Oh my god! Ellie! Alara! You, you're here? What? Uh, Where have you two been? Uh, around. around. <laughs> Fair enough. I've been around as well. Uh, what are you doing here? Did you get a message from, um, yeah, come, can you come down? We needed to probably have a chat. And as, as you pass by, Captain Brooks just kind of, five minutes less. All right, no, no problem, boss. I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick. I won't impede our journey, no problem. And then I, I run down and give them a big old hug, lift them both up, like one in each arm. Ah! Mm -hmm. <laughs> Once you put me down, don't ever lift me up like that again. <laughs> but then I give him another like hug. I just kind of right. 
like in a friendly way. Um, <laughs> did you get a message from Leaf last night or, or Hope? Or I guess it would be Leaf. Uh, yes, it was Leaf. I thought it was a nightmare, but it was actually magic. Yes. I later was. found out. Uh, you got the same similar message? Yeah, well, I have, uh, Hope and I both have Ascending Stone, so we've stayed in touch uh, over the year, but, um, so they got a hold of me. They didn't say exactly what, but there's seems like they need some help. So we need to find passage to get to Waterdeep as quickly as possible. Do you, do you, do you want, are you going to find them? Do you want to go together? Is your ship, do they take passengers or... Do they have room for two deck hands? I could be night watch night watchwoman. I've got very good dark vision. Um, yeah, well the white sand goes from here to water deep through Baldur's Gate all the time. It's kind of like our main trading route. Um I mean I could ask Beckett if you guys can can tag along. I mean Captain I, Brooks. You hear him from behind you. <laughs> Captain Brooks. Doesn't like me calling him Beckett. I forgot about that. Um so, Captain Brooks, if I go ask him very nicely, maybe he'll let you travel along. Might have to carry on weight and that kind of thing, which you two, are, I'm sure you have no problem doing. So, um, one thing I'll just interject here. So, Les, you've actually seen that it is a trade ship, but it does occasionally take passengers on it as well. Um, a lot of that is actually coordinated not only internally within the ship, but it's just run through the harbor master uh, or the harbor master's assistant, Corrick Manx, letting him know that someone outside of the regular crew is just going to be taking transport on board the ship. So, you would tell Becca that these people are interested in, or tell Captain Brooks that uh, these people are interested in being passengers, and then it would be relayed to the assistant harbor master who would verify that they, they, they first off are not being smuggled anywhere, um, and that they lawfully are legally being just transported on board the ship. Right, so I can go talk to Corrick, and he can kind of set everything up, dot all the T's, and slice all the I's, and all that thing. And then, the if I have any spare odd jobs, I'd rather do that than than pay for it. To be honest, yeah. I, I've heard it's exorbitant to, get, to book passage. So unless they can get us a good deal, I'm happy to work. Right. I mean, I don't really know how the inner workings of travel. But I just do my job and I'm done what I'm told. Uh, but okay, we can talk to him, see if we can get a deal. Let's let's. That's okay. We can uh, we can uh, speak with Captain Brooks about our, our passage, but um, I think that we we should we should we need to go and help Leaf. I'm just so happy to see you too and I just give him a big old hug again and I just wrap him up. Head here, head here. We need to I mean I wanna know what happened to um you know when you went back home. Uh so anyway it's a catch up another time but um you probably have to get back to work. It's been like five minutes or so, but we'll go yeah. talk to Captain. Right. Okay. Uh, yes. Talk to Beckett. Talk to Cork. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, throw my name around. Maybe it'll help. Maybe it'll make it worse. I don't really know these days, but we'll see you there. And then I run back to my job. And you see, Cap- face, you see Captain Brooks flailing around. Yeah, you see Captain Brooks just up on the uh, the top side of the ship, and he's just kind of looking at you, getting up there, and just kind of nods at you as if like, yeah, you made it back in time, kind of thing. Uh, and you immediately start picking back up the barrel that you were carrying, just a massive uh, piece of dried fish, being able to carry it on and having a little bit of food for the travel, and start to just continue logging, uh, loading pieces on. Uh, and you would tell Captain Brooks that they are interested in talking to him. 
Yeah. Okay. As I go by, I'm like, uh, Mr. Brooks, um, Captain. Captain. <laughs> so, still getting used to that. Uh, my friends here would like to travel with us on a route back to Waterdeep. They're going to talk, talk to you about how it all works. Um, Tree of Nice, quiet? very good people. Are they quiet? Uh, Keeping zones. Do we hear that? One is, one is very, very quiet. Incredibly quiet. Actually, they both are. They're very, very sneaky. There's been many times that we've hung out that I've never even heard a word of that. Quiet or sneaky. A different. To me, they'll both be the same, but I'm sure they'll be quiet if you need them to, Captain. Right, alright, alright. I'll go have a chat with them. Alright. Still the cleverest man I ever met, you. Get back to work. And he starts just making his way down the the galley plank off of the ship. And eventually onto the dachshund. Right. Heard you're interested in taking a trip with us. Waterdeep, is it? Yeah, we're we're both looking to make our way to Waterdeep. Um, preferably as soon as, as possible. But uh, we were hoping to... If you needed a couple extra hands on the... On the journey. If we could offer our services for, for the journey. Right, or... Earn, earn our keep, do some odd jobs for a reduced rate, perhaps, if not, you know, your full, normal... Yeah. Uh, Cap- Captain Brooks. Captain yeah. Brooks. He really likes to be called Captain! Shut up, Paul! Mm. Not did, much um, meat on your bones. Right, Jordy, did we hear any of the conversation that Les was having? No, he was having a pretty, pretty hush. Yeah. Um, this I is somebody... don't know hmm? how how good in terms of strength myself I am, but I, I I'll be excellent up up there. And he looks up and the ropes with the sails. My friend here is really really great eyesight. In the, in the evening, I make an excellent night watch woman. Uh, not so much in the day, but I'm also very handy in rigging and. You know, anywhere you need climbing. Drow, like, are you? Sorry? Drow, are you? Oi. Hmm. Tough finding somebody who keeps their eyes open at night. Hmm. I can make that work. You. Hmm. How good are Very you with light. a blade? Exceptional. And he pulls out a large chef's knife. <laughs> How about in the kitchen? I don't have a lot of experience in the kitchen, but I'm extremely light on my feet. Show me. And he tosses the blade up in the air. I need you to make a dexterity check to try and catch the spinning blade out of the air. Just straight dexterity? Straight dex, yeah. Uh, 23. Jesus. And he just kind of, you like, you see him just spin the blade and like actively expecting you to just back away from it. You just kind of like gauge the movement of it, gauge the rotation and wait for it to pass by your head, pass by your torso and you kind of catch it just below your waist. Right okay, fair. The I tip. was going to say, can I, can I step forward and catch it behind? Ooh. But I, that ex- I accept what you do. Yeah, and, <laughs> but instead of catching it by the handle, you catch it by the tip of the blade 
and then just toss it right back up in the air and then catch it by the handle right in front of your face. Hey. And he just and you just kind of instinctively like two finger and you like feel the balance of the knife and it's actually yeah. pretty well balanced for a chef's knife. It looks like it's seen some use and he just kind of <laughs> That's pretty good. Half rate for both of you. Two gold for the trip. That's very reasonable. We'll be no trouble. Make sure that you check in with the dock master. He needs to know. Is that two gold each or two gold for both of us? Two gold each. Thank you. Speak okay. to Korik Manx. Uh, I'm guessing he's probably where you found my name anyway, right? He has mentioned. Yeah. Speak to him. Let him know that you'll be coming on board. He'll add you to the log of passengers just in case shit goes sideways. Welcome sure, to the crew. And he turns around and heads back up. When should we be back to report? Two days. We sail at dawn. Alrighty, we'll be there. All right. And okay, and Jordy, have we done our other errands that we this we did those before we went to the ships, correct? Yes, you would have done those before. To pick, we to the pick up the bolts and the yep. um, open the PO box. Yeah, when I would have I would have found replacement thieves' tools because mine broke. Uh sure, thieves' tools. I think they're like. 10 silver pieces or something like that. If I knew that Aleth was doing that, I would have asked her to pick me up a set as well. Spare set, sure. Spare set, um, I... I'm going to get two sets for myself. Because they break like pretty often when you don't actually aren't proficient. Uh, oh, sorry. I apologize. Thieves tools are 25 gold pieces per set. So they are a little that. expensive, but you would be able to get those if you've got the coin. I have coin right now. <clears throat> Alright, so making your way over, uh, you'd find the same little gnome man, and uh, he's just kind of wandering around a little bit, he's got a gigantic book, and you do notice that uh, he's kind of curtailing a larger man, um, specifically this man is a half-elf, um, and he's kind of walking around and he's wearing a very interesting outfit. Most people within Baldur's Gate, with how warm the city is, are kind of um, wearing lighter clothes, a lot of brighter colors. You know, it is kind of a dockside city, but it is definitely one that people spend a good amount of time in. Um, this man is very professional. Um, he ha He's wearing fitted black pants, a very nice fitted white shirt, just a little open at the collar, and then a long black uh, set of a long black coat, very similar to what Les was wearing, but completely the opposite of ostentatious. He's essentially looks like he's almost designed to blend in, and the little gnome is kind of curtailing him as if he's an assistant of some kind. So you would imagine this is probably the harbor master uh, within Baldur's Gate. Didn't we already talk to him? And he's the one. I thought he was the one who pointed us in the direction of. No, Korik is the assistant harbor master. Um, okay, and sorry. then this this man you would assume is probably the harbor master, but you don't know who he is. You just yeah. see Korik is kind of trailing him a little bit, writing things in a ledger. Cool, thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you would approach Korik, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, good order. Um, so you made your way over to the right side, now, assuming. Um, oi, we found our friend. Thank you for for the help. Perfect. Um, Happy to be of service. We're actually going. Take to take passage um, and work part time for uh, Captain Captain Brooks on the White Satin to Waterdeep, and he's told us we need to register that with you. Ah, yes, I, I just need to know your names and um, any next of kin in case the ship should uh, go down, uh, or of course uh, any place that uh, if you have no next of kin, you would just like um, any remains that we find be sent to. Um, I uh, my I. I would send my remains 
on to uh, Hope. Hope is a is it deep a city? Oh, or it's a person. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can be found in Waterdeep currently. In Waterdeep. Hope. All right, Tiefling. And yourself? I'll say the same. They're a, a paladin of Bahamut. They're in. They're in Waterdeep. Oh, perfect. Nice and easy. Right. Okay. Um, and your names? Elise. Elise. Allura. Blast. Blast. Marin. Marin. Allura Valaric. Valaric. All right. On board the White Saturn, underneath Captain Brooks. And it is marked. Have a pleasant journey. Hope you arrived nice and safe. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Court, can you uh, just give us the name of the harbor master? Uh, the harbor. Ma- you don't know the name of the harbor master. No. Oh. Um. Any. That is harbor master Breeze Adler. Breeze. Oh. Breeze. B r e e s. Adler. A d l e r. Is he listening to the conversation? Uh, no, he, he's wandered off at this point. He doesn't seem to be paying Beckett or um, Cork much mind. Uh, essentially, you've just detached him from Breeze as he's continued off wandering down along the docks. Okay. Thank uh, you, Cork. You've really never heard of the Harbor Master. Uh, you must not have been in the city very long. No. Oh. We haven't been here long. Good to know. Well, I hope you enjoy your travels. Thank you. Goodbye. And he just you, you hear off. you hear less off the ship. Hey, Cork! And he just kind of like turns a little and looks at you. Yes. You smell like spots. <laughs> and then just goes back to doing what he's doing. And you see, like the smile never wavers. What? Love you, buddy. Just, and then he just continues off. And kind of quickly catches up to Breeze, uh, and then you see them just exchange a couple of uh, of words. And Breeze kind of looks down at him, and then looks back at the two of you, and just kind of nods. And then the ledger is made. So you have your passage on board the ship. Uh, you, you'll be departing in two days, on average. Uh, less, we'll say that the three of you are able to have a bit of a conversation about how long it takes to get from Baldur's Gate to Waterdeep, and without much interruption. Uh, right now is not very stormy season times. So you should be able to get there in about four days. Okay. Um, I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, but we would probably send the sending back to Hope to let them know what the plans were and when we would be likely to dock. Sure. So, yeah, so uh, for the stones, you would be able to send that the following day. Okay. Um, So, yeah, so we've got a little bit of time. So, three of you in Water's Deep and three of you in Baldur's Gate. Is there anything that you wanted to accomplish in the roughly six days between when the group in Baldur's Gate made their way north? I wouldn't mind. I mean, we'd probably meet up with the doctor the next, like, as soon as we could, because I've got a few questions about, like, warlock patrons <laughs> and, like, demon <laughs> shit. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll go looking for him. Yeah, I think also potentially after a couple of days, I feel like might Leaf and I might be itching for Oh yeah, for a little scrap. <laughs> so yeah, we'll probably we'll probably meet up with the doctor and hope would we have filled him in on our like new hobby? Um, I think we'd try and play it really smooth 
exclusively to begin with, but also just try and like kind of be like, hey, do you do you know of any like fun things to do? That like any fun places to go to watch this kind of thing happening? Like no biggie, no no, like just for shits and giggles, you know. Of course. Um, I'll say in the time that you spent there, there are obviously a ton of inns and taverns. There's a good number of very nice shops, um, whether they're looking for armory for weapons or for uh, different pieces of armor to wear, um, different potion shops, uh, filters, tinctures, things like that. Um, There is one place that you know of, um, you haven't particularly been, but you've heard is of interest. It's in the South Ward. Uh, It's called Timora's Blessing. Um, and it's a tavern, but it also doubles as a gambling house and fighting ring uh, for some of the more less fortunate within the city who are looking to be able to make money from very little that they currently have. Or this is from me. Nothing. I would know this? Sorry? I would know this? You would know that, yeah. Okay, cool. Because you, you would have been there in there long enough and that name specifically mm-hmm. meaning something. Um, you would know that that is a place where gambling could occur and... It's somewhere that they might find interesting. It's up to you to decide if you would have found it interesting yourself. I mean, I, I reckon, given my contacts in the city, I probably would be aware of it. Yeah. And of people within. <clears throat> uh, where are we picking up? So it's you guys. Uh, if there was something that you wanted to do, you could have told them about uh, the Tamor's Blessing Tavern. Um, beyond that, there are a lot of other places. Uh, there's... Um, you kind of, with the amount of time you would have spent there, you would be able to fill them in on what exactly some of the places they heard about from the guard were. Um, the Hero's Garden is a, a public park outside of this, uh, that is the only public park in Waterdeep outside oh, of the nice. City of the Dead. Uh, and it has statues of fabled heroes and of the open lord of Waterdeep. Um, the Field of Triumph is an interesting one. It's a venue for public spectacles. So a lot of times there are proclamations from the Open Lord there when new laws are put in place. Uh, it's a place for gladiatorial combat, like proper sanctioned gladiators. Uh, and then things like horse races, you know, very much old hippodrome kind of things. Sure. Uh, where, uh, where are they finding me, Jordy? They would be finding you in the Unicorn's Horn. Cool. All right. Cool. So uh, yeah, we'll probably walk in there. Yeah. And uh, I guess we stand out pretty well. What's the doctor looking like? I mean, I'm in the back. I've I've let the proprietors of the establishment know to look out for you guys. <laughs> Not that it's hard as you're, you know, a gigantic blue large. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. I'll take that strapping uh yeah i would i would motion all y'all over to my table in the back and be like hey guys doctor hey been a minute dude look at you two crazy kids is how are you how have you been oh my goodness where's rick ah you know he's around and you just hear a little right next to your head (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of a little bit of sulfur floats through the air Oh, it's been a, it's been a minute. Uh, we've, uh, I wish we were coming, we we're meeting up under better circumstances, but, uh, some shit's gone down. So I've heard what's, uh, what's, what's the haps old chaps. Um, I'm not sure how much you know about, uh, I got, I, I had some sort of vision last night. Mm. Um, there's some sort of 
some sort of unrest in the plains. Uh, okay. The uh, it, it ended with some sort of demonic entity, it seemed, uh, really just giving me a hard time, and, uh, and then I'll hold up my hand, and it did this, which is pretty new for a dream for me. Ooh, that's interesting. Would I have any concept of what that symbology would mean? Uh, make a religion check. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, sorry. Is it right or left hand? Oh, it's your left hand. Left hand, sorry, this hand. <laughs> uh, religion. 24. 24. Um, yeah. Where is Rick from again? Oh, boy. Uh, Rick would be from the Infernal Plains. Infernal Plains? Okay. Yeah. Um, you're not sure. Hmm. Whatever this is, the dis- the descriptor of having a a blazing hellscape, the inferno, the being pulled from a plane from nothing but heat, um, potentially somewhere where Rick might be from, but it's normally less desolate. Like hmm. where where he's from, it's more populated. Right? Yeah, um, and this my my patron wouldn't have any concept of this with your with your interactions with your patron. No. Okay, cool. Mm. Um, can I motion Rick over and just be like, "Hey, buddy, does that uh, does that look familiar to you? Is that something that you've come across?" And he just kind of like floats down a little bit, and Leafy feel a bit of a weight land on your left forearm, oh, yeah. and, just, and you feel like a little bit of like scraping as the the. <laughs> claws are kind of pulling okay. at that and like tugging it apart and it's a really weird feeling to like be holding your hand out and the skin is just moving on its yeah. own a little um, oh. as he's just kind of like looking at it he like rotates your hand over and mm. Mm. whatever did this that's just stronger than me <laughs> well that's uh that's concerning Rick that's you've good been to a, <laughs> you've, been a, you've been a great help. You, he said this shit happened in a dream, right? Yeah, what, that was... What he a, thought was a dream? Yeah. Doesn't sound too dreamy to me, buddy. No, that ain't no dream. Mm. Is it possible, Doctor, to have had these kind of injuries happen in a dream? Or does... was Because I could see Leaf. Jordy? Is Dream possible? specifically, no. But oh, very good. trances, yes. Mm. I will relay that. It. I. I don't think this would be a, a dreamscape sort of situation, but it might be a a, a transual thing, if you will. Huh. Well, that's so, a that's a new new one for me. Yeah, it's something that like you've heard Elise given the fact that she goes into trances uh-huh. overnight, um, is able to be aware of her surroundings. Um, mm-hmm this essentially being a fully unconscious trance mm, would I be see. about the only thing that would really make sense. And and with that sheer amount of heat, you're not entirely sure what would cause it, but I mean, one of the most common entities that cause burns um, never seen on the prime planes are things like devils and fiends. Um, mm. Rick being of that type of that ilk would know that burns of of humanoid creatures touching demons and touching devils would make sense but he would have no idea of what 
specific entity this came from, not even what type of entity, let alone if it's even one of those. It's just that that might be a starting point. So this uh, this strikes me as particularly demonic, and not in a way I'm particularly friendly with. Okay, that's not ideal, but I'll, I'll take that. No. Um, we could certainly ask around. I, I have some friends in the city who might know people. That would be, uh, that would be fantastic. And, uh, actually, something just kind of popped into my head. Uh, when we came in yesterday, we noticed there was this increase in guard presence. Do you have any idea what's going on? Jordy? Um, you would have been in the city long enough, and you would have heard little murmurings, especially with your intimate knowledge of some of the other sides of the city, other parts of the city, um, that the attack on Sikomber was not an attack made by a group of this plane. There was something darker at play. Interesting. Uh, I will relay that. Uh, it, it appears that there was an attack in a in a town nearby, Sikomber, perhaps you've heard of it. Yeah, I'm familiar. My where my granny's from is actually kind of nearby there, so I'm a little worried. I'll be honest. Ah, well, um, bad news. The town was attacked by people, uh, creatures not of this plane. Potentially, a darker plane. Maybe it's connected. We should look into this. This does seem a bit. Oh, this is convenient. Weird. I agree. Okay, um, shit. All right, um... The timing, if nothing else, is very... Suspicious. Suspect. Hmm. Uh, and Le- Lee's just kind of gonna kind of awkwardly panic for a bit. No? Uh, Doctor, we're getting... Yeah. We, we're trying to get all of the, the BBs back together. Of course, yes. I, I assumed from the message. We uh-huh. have... We have safe harbor here. We're uh, we're under watch, so don't you worry. Do you mind if we uh, post up here for a bit? We'll get the rest of the gang to meet us here. I don't see an issue with that. Uh, any uh, any of my guys around, Jordy? Uh, <laughs> at the moment, it's midday. No, they have better things to be doing. They got other shit going on. Um, cool. I am going to just... Tell Rick, because Rick would know at very least where where Zarazel or Aaron are, yep. and be like, "Hey, uh, buddy, go find go find one of the guys. Let him know that we're gonna have a couple other people post up here." You got him, boss. And you just hear the little as he flies out. Cool. So, what brings you guys here? Surely, it's more than some sort of terrifying demon dream. Um, well, the next question was going to be, have you uh, ever been to a fight pit in town? Oh, friend, have I been to a fight pit? <laughs> the doctor runs the fight pits. <laughs> well, and... I don't, but... Yeah, we, we. I remember your great interest in real estate, so we figured you might have known. Uh, there is uh, there's a couple places you could look The 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 known ones I would say would be a little inn to the south of here, Tamora's Blessing. Can't help for the name, but it's there. That's probably uh, a it's probably a good start. I, I mean, we're you know still. It's where to... the uh, 
It's where the people of the city who don't have anywhere else to go but up stake their lives and stake their wagers. Oh. That, uh, that sounds like something in our market. Um, now, if you're looking for something a little more sanctioned, there are gladiatorial pits. Interesting. Very interesting. And uh, we have how many days till the others arrive? Uh, by this point, give or take five days, because it would have been another day before you could receive the message. Yeah, cool. five, five days-ish. I mean, that's enough time to, to throw down, as, as they say. All right, shall we kick it there for uh, kind of there and back for five days? <laughs> <laughs> Why the hell not? That could be a good time. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say, I think that's really all I was thinking of getting done. I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me, too. Yeah. Uh, given the information I've gotten, I would like to put the word out into the... Into, into the ether? Into the ether. Oh. Uh, if anyone can give me more information on the attacks. Yeah, that, yeah that's the exact same thing. Okay. Um, we'll say... Roll a d20. No sure. modifier. Gotcha. Get over here, d20. So much notes today, you guys. I know. Welcome to a new I got to rewatch. It's an 11? <laughs> okay. Um, not much more <laughs> that could be added. The attack on Sicomber happened now. Uh, it would have happened about four days ago. Yeah. Um, there would have been a larger presence of the Lords Alliance that were dispatched from Waterdeep to Sicomber. Mm-hmm to prevent a secondary attack. Um, mm-hmm. The purpose of it was not clear. It okay. looks as if it was just a haphazard ransacking of assorted buildings. Um, the one thing that is of note there is that Sicomber is a very small city, right? It's on the edge of um, the High Forest. Uh, it's not exactly somewhere that actively is visited by many people. Um, There's really only one major person of note there, uh, and the individual that is there is a a specific sage that has a tower devoted to learning intricacies of magic, uh, and his name is Amelior Amanitas. Okay, cool. Amelior. Uh, Would anybody have like fled from the attack into Waterdeep. Would I be able to find that out? Most people from Sicomber would have fled into Daggerford, but the okay. the, the thing about Sicomber is it's really a farming town, right? Okay. It's not somewhere where people make a ton of coin that they end up going to different cities and spending on lavish things. It's very much a we live here because this is what we can afford and this is our life kind of town. Okay. Right? Mm. So very few people visit it, very few people come from there. So the attack on Sicomber from what you can gather, part of the reason why you're not able to get very much info is because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm. Right? Like, no one is attacking Sicomber to steal coin, to steal um, any valuables of any kind. The only person of note being the sage is kind of the only detail that really stands out. Okay, But he seems unaffected, still alive, still practicing in the city, and it looked like he was able to assist with repelling whatever the attack was because he is himself a a relatively powerful mage. Cool. Um, Dope. Uh, I I would like to, as well, while we're waiting, Mm -hmm. see if I can't get some some time in with my patron to see if she's picked up anything that's going on on the plane. Sure. Uh, Go and roll a d100 for me. You got it. Come here, dice. Roll that dice. 
you'd think I would take them out of their protective case for situations mm-hmm. such as this, but no, I am a fool. You just roll the full case. <laughs> you know I should. Uh, it's a 63, Jordy. That's probably not going to do a heck of a lot. Yeah, 63. You're trying to reach out, and communication has been a little bit better since you returned from uh, from Barovia, but in this specific instance, you're trying to ask in, uh, questions that may have answers, but it seems like whatever the questions are that you're asking are so vague that no specific pinpoint details can be returned. Gotcha. Cool. All right, so we'll say that that wraps the three of you up. Uh, for mm-hmm. the other three of you down in uh, Baldur's Gate, is there anything that you wanted to get done before making the trip north? I'd like to like fence a couple things at a if I could, we could find like an antique dealer, and then maybe if there's anybody who specializes in like different kinds of armor or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely, that's definitely doable. Uh, there's a few different places you can do that. Anything specific that you were looking to lose? Uh, the black and crimson jeweled scarf. Um, Drod's castle. The black and crimson jeweled scarf? Yeah. Okay. Um, For that one, it would mostly just be worth whatever the amount of coin, or the the amount of the gems are. Um, So did it have a a gold value associated with it? 750 GP. And I have a plan gem ring that I wanted to sell off for gold as well. Okay, so the gems for that, 750, uh, you lose a 20% cut of that, so you would end up losing 150, so you'd get 600 gold pieces for it. Okay. Would it be the same with the platinum and gem ring? Um, that one might be a little bit different. What's that one worth? 250. 250? Mm-hmm. Um, for that one, go and make a just a quick persuasion check for me, because it is a, quite a nice piece, and a platinum ring is hard to find. Two. Two. Um, yeah, it would be worth pretty much the same. You're not exactly the best at trying to barter more money out of things. You're more trying to barter down, buying other stuff. So yeah, so they would be able to buy that one for... Because platinum is a little bit more rare, um, they would only take a 10% cut. It would be 225. Okay, that's fine. I would have also gone with uh, Elise, and um, I would have tried to fence the... Um, uh, the ring of warming okay yeah the uh, the ring of warmth yeah sure uh the ring of warmth um there's not a lot of places that actively deal in buying magical items in Baldur's gate um mostly those tend to be people who are traveling in from around different places who travel between cities and have kind of interesting curios um you're tossed out a couple of different offers from a few different people, some offering uh, 120 gold pieces, one offering 160. Um, the highest offer that you seem to get from a few of these different merchants seems to be about 210 gold pieces. And do I know if that's a, like, uh, a fair... For the sheer right. value of the ring itself, the gold and no gems, yeah, it's totally, it's more than fair. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of money for that specific ring. For the enchantment within it, there's a chance you might be able to get more elsewhere, but the problem is is that you don't really know what the value of enchanted items are. Um, okay. You know the cost to enchant is very high, but once an item is made, it... It's, it very much becomes a, a buyer's market, right? Somebody who's like interested... Like driving the car off the lot. Exactly, right? Well, it's not yeah. even just that. It's also that, like, 
you you love this specific ring because it has an enchantment that you need. Therefore, you're willing to pay the price associated with that. Someone else buying it, in turn reselling it, you think of it kind of like you're pawning, right? So they're not guaranteed to ever see that same amount of money, so they have to lowball you a little. Okay, I I would have held on to it then. I I think I can get more. Uh, I also would have asked around about information on... Where is a good place to sell magical items and uh, a place that might be, you know, on the hunt for magical items? Where would I be going? Is there a place in Waterdeep or on the way to Waterdeep? Um, or in the city? Yeah, so there are a couple of places within Baldur's Gate, but most of them really are interested in trade. Um, they're looking for the finest of fine. Certain mm. items like that, you know, uh, a ring of warmth with that makes things a little bit easier to resist cold, not exactly the finest item. Um, you know, you might be able to trade it for a couple of potions, but for the actual, like, higher-end stuff... Where, where in the city would have been the best place to trade that? Uh, best place Sorry, to trade Did you have that. anything else to that you wanted to fence? Um, I'm going to hang on to the aquamarine that I have for right now. Okay. That's everything that I wanted to sell off. Well, I mean, except for the Barovian stuff, but we can just figure that out later. Yeah. Um, I would have been curious because I have the Obsidian Scepter and then I have the Chunk of Obsidian. And I know that that is uh, a material that's very useful in magic things. For what is in Baldur's Deep, it being very much a large-scale trade city. Obsidian is an item that could definitely be purchased and then resold in different places. A lot of the merchant ships uh, might be interested in purchasing that themselves and then reselling it um, elsewhere. Some of the captains, perhaps. Um, So you would be able to have a conversation with Captain Brooks about that. Um, Find a couple of places that might be willing to purchase it. Um, Let me just pull up... Um, so an obsidian gem is typically worth about 10 gold pieces. How much weight do you have of it? Oh, fuck. I wrote it down in... I think you said... Sorry. It was pretty heavy. She sold some of it to a defensive guy in Milwaukee, too. So it'll depend on how much she has left of it, but we'll be able to work out a a value for that that will be relatively fair because it's, it's treated kind of like a gem is. Right. Would there be more sort of specialty shops in Waterdeep, like having been heard that if Waterdeep had that kind of reputation? Waterdeep tends to be somewhere that has more traveling merchants coming through, whereas, uh, like on caravans from different parts of Faerun, whereas Baldur's Gate is more of the port city, so uh, places that travel in on ships from other lands. So mm-hmm. that would be somewhere where if you wanted to try and fence that, you could try to sell it uh, to a specific ship's captain and see if they might be able to fence it somewhere else. But the same kind of idea would happen. It's okay, Jordy, I'll... I'll find well, yeah, we'll figure that out. That, that's something that's where you just get a flat rate as if it were a gem. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Sorry about that. No worries. Um, and then the other thing I would have wanted to do but like after we left was see if anyone on the ship wants to play dice. But- if anything on the ship wants to what? Play dice. Play dice. Oh, okay. Dungeons and Dragons. 
absolutely. Um, yeah, Sa sailors don't have a lot else to do. It's something that they wouldn't do while they're in port because everybody's loading yeah. up the ship. But once once you depart and once you're on the high seas, yeah, uh, there's a lot of downtime for quite a few people between sleeping. Um, gambling is definitively one of the things that they do. Um, so you'd be looking to play Liar's Dice? Yes, please. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so, can I just... I just found one of them. I have the Black Obsidian Scepter worth over $2,000. Or, sorry, 2,000 gold pieces. Okay. And then, I, I don't remember... I'll, I'll find it, but that is the current thing. Yeah, so the, the Obsidian Scepter, it's... For something of that sheer amount of gold is difficult to find somebody. Um, make an investigation okay. check... natural one. It's, it's, you still get your bonuses. It's only attack rolls that you don't. I mean, it's, uh, so that'll be a, that'll be a 10. A 10? Um, you're having a tough time in the city between a lot of the people who are there with the, sh the quick turnaround that you need on this, given the fact that by the time you're trying yeah. to sell this, you're leaving the next day. Um, it's not really happening. The, the only real offers that you get are in the, like, thousand gold piece, 1100 gold piece range. Um, okay. You could take it, but it is, you know, given the nature of this, that is a substantial cut. Yeah, okay. Okay, thank you, Jordy. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Les, was there anything you wanted to do, or you were just working on the ship? There's not a whole lot of downtime for you. Um, <clears throat> but going on the ship and everything um, was all I had, like, I all my prepping and things that I need I already have on me. Yeah. I've been living kind of a simple life over the past year to an extent. Um, and up to this point, like after hearing Leap's message, being a little confused at first, um, haven't heard from him all this time, uh, knowing that my ship would be going to Waterdeep anyways, I was just gonna go on the ship and then go water deep and then try to find him. I didn't really have any prep right. in mind because um, I've been doing a lot of I've been working on a lot of skills and certain certain techniques while I've been here um, already so I wouldn't like extra prep in that case. I just heard he needs me figured, once I figured that out I was going there tomorrow anyway so Did you want to introduce uh, Allura and Elith to Gil? Yes, very much so. I do want to introduce them to Gil. Okay. Um, so we'll say this is on your last day there, the morning of, uh, because the two of you being essentially chartered passengers on board the ship, you, you've got some skills that you can put to use, but you know, you're not loading the docks, uh, loading any valuables onto the ship by any stretch. You're not a regular part of the crew, uh, but you would be invited on and you would slowly get to meet uh, a lot of the deckhands and a lot of the people there. Um, and then there is one specific person who is the head cook on board the ship. Um, and he is a large turtle. Um, and uh, Les is, introduces him as Gil. Um, and he just... It's a pleasure to meet all of you. Mm. Oh. <laughs> uh, what are your names again? Oh, I like Gil. Yeah, we're bringing Gil. Gil, this is Elise and Alora. Elise and Alora. It's a pleasure to meet both of you. 
I take it you'll be traveling with us to Water Deep. Yeah, well, we're lucky enough to be on this ship. That's a mighty fine thing you be doing. And he's like taking a chef's knife and like picking the dirt out from under his nails, which are a little bit he's on the also, long side. He's also really good at charades. You should see him just knock people out of rounds. It's pretty inspiring. Oh, sure. One of my favorites. What am I? And he just kind of holds, he like pulls his arms into his shell a little bit and then just kind of like pops his head back. What is it? Guess. Can you guess? <laughs> and he like pops the head out a little. And... How about a little What head? is it? Come on. Look at him. <laughs> what is it? A tur- turtle? Oh, she's a, a smart one. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we trick everybody with that all the time. It's amazing. I wasn't sure if that would be offensive. <laughs> the turtles? Ain't nothing offensive about my ancestors. They're noble creatures. Tough, tough shells. The toughest hides you'll ever find short of this idiot and he like takes the butt end of the knife and just hits you in the center of the chest with it less yeah hit him again (laughs) and he like flips the blade of the knife around and then stabs you with the blade of the knife but it hits the mithril he knows Ah! that you're wearing the armor and then he just kind (laughs) of oh that's so I haven't even seen you two in all this time and you're already trying to kill me Be sure sure to come down here if you ever find yourselves needing a bite of food. That's very cool. And he goes Um, back to using the blade to pick out the dirt behind his fingers. Love him. He is turtly enough for the turtle club. Is this your friend, Uh, Les? Is this this your your friend on, on the ship? Oh, yeah. Me and Gil get along really, really well. As you know, I, I'm kind of, it's a little bit hard for me to connect with people around me, but me and Gil hit it off right away. He cooks straight food, he's got a big shell, and he loves to see. Enough said. And is amazing at charades. Did you see how well he did that impression? It is flawless. Is he good? Every time. Every time he does that, people guess it right away. Like, within seconds. It's amazing. He's so good at the game. you anything other than a turtle? I don't know. He's only done the one thing so far. But people guess it, like, immediately. I'm glad that we were able to share that with you. I know. You guys are not very good at the game. It took you a bit of a while to go, come on. Obviously... He was a turtle. Like, Jesus. Who's that? What uh, else would he be, a bird? where our monks are? Oh, the sleeping quarters. Yes. Uh, 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 oh, actually, where would those sleeping quarters be? Below deck. Yeah. Below? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me so come follow me. It's essentially, it's just a series of, um, of double bunk hammocks. You know, the classic environment of sleeping on board a ship. Cool. 
What if would we be like given those hammocks? Yeah, so in your case, because you're partly charters on board the ship, you would be given a, a semi-private room. Um, so there would be an actual door. and There would be four other people sleeping in the room with you. Uh, but those ones do appear to be actual charters. Okay, cool. Okay. But uh, so here you go. You got one on the top, one on the bottom. Pick and choose your flavor. Uh, I sleep over there, and I just point to my sleeping quarters. Yeah. And it's just this really, like, it's like a, it's a... a a small room, but it fits my sleeping my sleeping bed really well, and it's just this big, like spacious rectangular tin uh, box looking thing with just water that's filled up. Like I can like actually submerge myself. It's like eight feet high. Uh, something that I like specified to the captain that if I'm going to be on here long long nights and long trips, that I need to be comfortable. And when he thought like, oh, he's gonna ask for like this really lavish thing. I said, I just need a big deep bucket that fits me and that is deep. And so I can like put my like feet out, like unencumbrous them, like my my arms out as well and like stretch. Big, big deep bucket. <laughs> big yes, deep bucket. I thought you were gonna reveal to us what which uh, bunk Les would be a bottom or a top. Yeah, come on, don't uh, don't hold over here. It, it's it's interesting, looking at it, the way that Les described it, of like, oh, I can stretch out and do everything. It looks more like a sardine can. <laughs> like, it, it's a little it's a little shorter. Like, he's definitely able to submerge himself completely, but it's not like, you know, the, the way that ships' underbellies are designed with this is that roofs are six feet. Like, all of you are kind of, well, you two are fine, but Les is kind of slouched a little bit underneath. Um, and so it, it's, you know, it vaguely resembles a sardine can, but it is in a private area that's kind of, like, center of the boat because of the sheer amount of weight. I think weight. I'm taller than Les. How, Les, how tall are you? Isn't Les, like, five feet tall or something? Like, I thought Tritons were really short. Or, like, relatively. Not so. Yeah. Five feet tall is a respectable height. That's true, actually. I'm not going to know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, five six. Seven? Yeah, I thought you were five like seven. Not, so he's like a very large like average height. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's something where like he's he's comfortable in it, but like you can imagine him kind of like bumping against the sides a little bit as the ship rocked. Allura's taller than him. No. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I'm slouched over too. So you're slouched over a little too. But yeah, so it's it's definitely serviceable, right? You'll be able to sleep. You two have definitely spent nights in way more uncomfortable situations than this. So you've got your own hammocks. You've got a little area um, that you're able to wash up. There is clean water that's be able to be provided for things like baths uh, once every couple of days. Um, so not an issue on a four-day travel, uh, being able to make it in uh, two, um, sorry, in two baths, and then all the food is provided as part of the um, the fee for your travel. Um, well, where have you two been? What have you been up to? Um, you know, I haven't seen you, and there's all this time. You just show up out of the blue, happen to be on a ship. That was really good planning. <laughs> well, we we kind of looked for you, mm-hmm. but we, you know, Olith and I, we explored a few other cities. Went kind of. Yeah. Well, I did some. Um, I did some hunting. I did a little bit of like. Taking rich tourists out and doing a date with them. <laughs> Barovia did. Um, you know, we had brunch a lot. Yeah, we did. It was fun. Yep, yeah, I did a little bit of training. Mm-hmm. Got some oh, yeah. Training? Training in what? 
couple things. I've got a, and I'll um, cast disguise self on myself. Whoa! Holy crap! Where did Alora go? I. Who I, are you, and what did you do with it? I look like um, uh, I look like what I picture Alora as a trite would look like. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, so still bald, but now the fin on the top of the head kind of like going up yeah. and down a little bit. Sure. Um, less, it is very jarring for you, like uncomfortably so. Seeing another very... Okay. I am not okay with this. Yeah. I'll switch okay. right back. I'm sorry, sorry, Les. I just, I'm excited about my new skills. It's all right, but... <laughs> I guess it's been, you haven't been back home, hey? It's been a while since you've seen another Triton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing about the plane of water, easy to get out, apparently really difficult to get back in. I didn't really account for that. Uh, when I made this plan, I thought, you know, Gates to other planes, other dimensions. Well, we got out of sure. place. We got out of a place that was really easy to get into and really hard to get out of. So, you know, we can do the inverse. I guess so. I just, I, you know, where I'm from, it's easy to kind of find what I need. But uh, after leaving Barovia, really didn't realize. I realized I didn't really know where I was. So how to find anything, or who to ask for what, so wound up finding the city of Baldur's Gate, hung out there for a while, and still haven't been able to get back home, but Beckett's a good man, and he gave me a job as a navigator on the ship, came quite in handy, and here I am. Well, now we're gonna go and help, help Leaf figure that out, and maybe after we can help you get back home. Mm-hmm. Oh, like E.T. Exciting E.T. home phone. But it'll just be a really wet finger. It won't. <laughs> it always is. It always is. Cool. Hopefully. Alright, we're gonna... So I guess yeah. we'd know, like, we'd sort of, like, I guess in that time, could we get word of which boat would be coming in. Yeah, with the sheer number of messages being sent back and forth and the amount of time, you would know to look for the White Satin. Um, it's a fairly large trade ship. Uh, looking at the three-masted trade ship. One of the more common ones that tends to come in and out of Waterdeep. It has a pretty established route between Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep, uh, mostly yeah. dealing in fairly commonplace items. Uh, a decent amount of um, travel hire, so... Uh, you know, a good five, six people coming in uh, from each boat uh, on each side every time it came or went from Waterdeep. Um, so you would be able to look out for them in the next couple of days. Was there anything that you guys wanted to look into in the last maybe day or so before they got there? I would say, fellas, do we want to meet them there or have them yeah. meet us here? What would you prefer? I'm good to meet them at the dock. Yeah, so I think I would like to kind welcoming of crew. You know, like make a sign. <laughs> 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 totally doable. Just a giant BB on there. Yeah, heroes, heroes brunch over here. Yeah, uh, the, the brunch club. So, uh, with that, all of you coming through, 
and the boat docking, all of you getting really excited to finally be united. You look over the edge, excuse me, edge of the boat, the gangplank being lowered down onto the dock and slamming down, and you see a gigantic sign uh, with the, the BB, the Brunch Bunch, or whatever it was that you decided, uh, Brunch Club. That, brunch Club. Um, yeah, that... Jordy, was yes. I able to play dice with any of the... Oh, yeah, you were. Um, Would have I made any money? Uh, make a, a slight of... Make two slight of hand checks. I have proficiency. Yep. Do I get that at, um, at advantage? No, you just get the proficiency. Just straight proficiency? Yeah. So, well, no, it's it's a sleight of hand check, so it's just whatever your sleight of hand is. Um, so that'll be a 25. Okay, and the second one? Sorry. Uh, 15. 15. Um, you would have basically broken even couple okay. of games played um you for you would have been up a little bit you know it's the the blackjack feeling of like oh i'm winning i'm just gonna keep playing for a little while longer and then you would have hit a, a just a rough streak of dice um and that's part of the game unfortunately it's only as good as the dice that are dealt to you um so yeah so overall you would have broken even okay how did leaf and hope do in the fight pits oh shoot so did you actually want to go to the fight pits or did you want to yeah. go to the gladiator ring because uh, there's two different th- ones. There's one that's like the officially sanctioned. You sign up in the Castle Waterdeep and you get added to the roster and then you fight in the full-blown gladiator pits. And that's <laughs> like proper combat. And the other one is more just like, yeah, these guys, you know, they've got five gold pieces. They're willing to put their lives on the line. Sherlock Holmes-esque style. Yeah I'm, ready like to, a, yeah, I'm ready to discombobulate a few, uh, few folks. Yeah. Block is blind, are you yeah. going to go official or are you going to go like... Oh, I think we're going amateur. Street oh, League. Okay. Going amateur? Yeah. Okay. We can, uh, I was say, we can, we can hit this, we can off screen it, whatever you want. Um, I'll say for the two of you, one of the things here is in that one, when you kind of really go in there into, um, Tamora's Blessing, into the, um, uh, into the tavern, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you are very imposing figures. These are very, quite scrawny people. They are they're they're people who are doing their best to work a day job for very little money and looking to fight essentially each other to have a little bit more that they can bring home at the end of the day. Okay, um, no one is willing to take a fight with you. Damn it! Because I was going to say, could I job a fight? Yeah, it's something where the two of you could fight each other and bets might be placed on you two, but. But with your stature between Leaf, you being a good two feet taller than anyone else in there, and Hope, you being as muscular as you are, <laughs> there's no way anybody would even stand a chance. They don't even try. Like, you, you go in there, and you, everyone just kind of goes silent, and they're like, oh, God. Or, like, they kind of half assume you're there to rob all of them. Oh, no. No. Uh, drinks on us. And they just kind of like look around the room and. Sorry. Are, are Leaf and I just too profesh? Like I turn yeah. like, are we too profesh now? Think of it like, um, you two are. Oh god, this is the best idea ever. You two are the regulars going into the gym on New Year's Day. Nice. Yeah, oh. I get that one. Right. 
It's like mm. everyone is a little out of shape, a little on the scrawny side, a little overweight, and you two just come in and you just start benching four plates, right? <laughs> like, it's that kind of mentality. And so you walk in and you're like, drinks on us, and everybody just kind of looks around the room and they all just kind of back away, like, okay, assuming that you're going to take their coin and buy drinks for everyone. But if you actually buy drinks for the room, like, you get a bit of a warmer reception. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think I'd do that. Yeah, so yeah, so, and one of the things here as well is that fine drinks are not found in this establishment. This is some get-you-blind blackout shit, (laughs) right? Like, it is very much there for a reason that a single drink is enough to do you with the the confidence and the bravado you need to get in the ring and try to make a little bit more money kind of thing. Doc, I think we might be uh, kind of spooking the the crowd away, but if you want to get in there... Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Okay. Don't worry about me. Um, And Doctor, you kind of get a couple of, like, side glances from a couple of the people there, and then, like, a couple of hushed conversations, and then a few, like, nods at you of, like, (laughs) nods of respect. Oh, did Leaf or, or I catch that? Uh, you wouldn't. Leaf's passive. What is it? 18? Uh, yeah. Let me check. My passive is 16. 16? Um, yeah, you, you would catch like a bit of a, like a nod of acknowledgement <laughs> coming to the doctor. No idea why. But... Okay, I'll note that one for later. Yeah. Hey, Jordy, on that note, would would my guys here know anything, like know of any other fight pits that these two might be interested in? There are a couple of underground fight pits, um, a little bit more brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, what there is in Waterdeep is there's a specific tavern. Um, it's The tavern is found in the Trades Ward. Uh, or sorry, the, or sorry. Uh, no, I apologize. It's in the Castle Ward. Uh, the Tavern and Inn is called the Yawning Portal. And the Yawning Portal is a very interesting place because it has access to a well. And the well is a false well. It is a 140-foot drop via a basket to what is called the Under Mountain, the city below the city of Waterdeep. And it is where a lot of unscrupulous characters not only live but a lot of where a lot of them were exiled by the lords of Waterdeep to never be seen on the surface again Oof. and they tend to do things their way so it is something that happens but fights in those fighting pits are more so damn none of you have seen uh, Hunter Hunter um, or if you have seen Hunter x Hunter, it's an anime show. Essentially, like, regular fighting pits are done for money, right? When somebody's knocked out unconscious, that's it, and the winner wins coin. These ones are fights just to prove how strong you are, and every single one of them is to the death. There's no coin involved. It is just a sheer display of dominance over another individual. So, uh... Ooh, the lolly. Fellas, we have a couple options. Option one, there is the gladiatorial pits, which we spoke about. Perhaps a place you could uh, get your rocks off, for lack of better phrasing. Now there is another place we could go. Uh, it's uh, it's a little hidden, a little underground. It's a little little vintage, if you will. Uh, probably, probably not your speed, because you might have to, you know, 
Well, I don't think you might do the dying, but yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't feel great about actually killing people. <laughs> this is more of a. <laughs> this is more of like fun, you know. Fun brawling, uh, yes. Maybe we'll put a pin in that one for uh, when Les and the rest and Elise and Allura pull up. Yeah, I mean it's it's something I am itching to get at again, but. The you other one start that isn't a tavern. Yeah, sorry. The other one that isn't really a particular fight pit per se, but a lot of the contracts and the bounties that get put up are for groups or individuals to go out and find specific beasts that have been terrorizing different places. Ah, so yes. it's something where theoretically you could just take one of these contracts that are put up by the Lord's Alliance to go, uh, for instance, into... Do, 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 do. Go kill some wolves for EXP. Nice. Um, yeah, it's essentially that equivalent where you would be able to go into places like um, the Evermores uh, and actually fight uh, and kill a, a large sea-based or a lake-based entity that has been um, interfering with a lot of trade to the city of Silvery Moon uh, or into the cool. city of Yartar that has been having some problems with uh, orc raiding parties coming down from the higher mountains. I was going right, to say, cool. was that the Loch Ness monster? We're out here wrangling Nessie. You don't know, you'll have to see. <laughs> Put Nogo um, Pogo in the ground. Yeah, but yeah. I think, um, I mean, personally, I'd be knowing, like, Sucumber's uh, proximity to where my granny's at. I'd definitely be pushing that, like, we start heading there. Yeah. So you would have grabbed that contract off of the bounty board? I think so, yeah. Okay. So the contract would have told you to speak to Raiden Vorsk, the lieutenant yep. in the in Castle Waterdeep. Uh, and that's just in the castle ward. Um, so once the six of you are reunited, it's something that you could definitely undertake together. Yeah. So I guess we're back at the dock waiting for the back game. Back at the dock. So. Awesome. Back at the dock with the sign. So with the sign up, the three of you eagerly looking over the edge, less you knowing you still have a bit of a job to do, but kind of sidelining looking for Captain Brooks making sure that he's not looking you just hop off the edge and straight onto the dock and you're able to run over to Leaf Hope and the doctor with Allura and uh, Leaf in tow I run over to them and just like just tackle them with a giant hug and just hold them so tightly like oh my god you guys I've missed you so much what do you think of my new coat that's a pretty cool coat Les I uh Right. You look fantastic, Larry. I think oh, it's fancier oh, than anything I've ever seen before. That is a pretty cool coat. And I'm going to kind of, hey, Alith, hey, Allura, thank you so much for coming. Me? Like, what's going on? I'm going to, yeah. like, hug him. Be like, um, it's, it's a long story. Maybe are we good to kind of walk and talk? Yeah, I mean, it, maybe we shouldn't talk about it in public, though. Yeah. We can take this back to a safe space. Yeah, shall we roll? Do we notice uh, hands? No. Uh, you would. Uh, Laura, what's your passive perception? Not good. So did, did I just, like, fuck it's off, or do I... Oh, no, like, you would have hugged them, and, like, everybody would have gotten a conversation, then, like, a minute would have passed, and you would have just heard, Pull! And then you, oh shit! And you'd have to like turn around yeah. and get back to work. I I'll be right back. You were settled up and and square with uh, Captain Brooks before leaving the ship. Like not like I would have said hi to everyone first, but before like mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, away from essentially the ship. because you would have paid in order to even get on board the ship. You were square as soon as you docked. You could have hopped off, and no one would have said the wiser. Okay. Yeah. And that was two gold pieces to him. Two gold to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. the The ship is uh, sorry. The um, the travelers are logged with the harbor master, but the ship's captain is who's actually transporting you, so he keeps whatever coin you pay to go. Okay. Um, so we're here on the ship. Is, are we? Is the ship here for like a few days? Or yeah, usually it's a good three to four day turnaround. Um, and it's something as well that you've seen because of how often it travels back and forth. You've seen people disembark from the ship who are part of the crew that will just tell Captain Brooks that they're not taking the return trip, and they'll pick it up on the following one, and they just don't get paid for whatever that trip is. So it's something where if you wanted right. to just disembark and hop off the crew for a little while, you could do so quite easily. You just have to tell. Okay. So yeah, I would go to Brooks and kind of explain that like, I might stay here for a little bit. I might not come back on the return trip, but that I'll That's see fine. them back. Ain't no problem for me. Just make sure man like you needs to stay safe. <laughs> Thank you, Captain. As always. And I kind of give him one of those like predator, just like <laughs> forearm to forearm. He's a half orc. That's the only way he shakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he just kind of. And I'll I'll see Gil kind of in the in the back doing his thing. Like Gil, I'm gonna I'm gonna be taking off for a little bit, but I'll be back. I'm gonna work on my charades game for you. I swear. And he just kind of like looks at you and mighty fine idea you got there. I'll see you on the. And he holds up a hand. Flip. Gil, <laughs> 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 I love you so much. Alright, so with the is, six of you the Doctor Jealous. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that's all we need. Is the Doctor Jealous living my life. No. So we're <laughs> heading to the Yeah, we're heading to the castle. So are you just heading straight to the castle or do you wanna uh, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, we'll probably catch up at the Unicorn's yeah. Um With the ship coming in, it's normally a four to five day journey, so it would get there probably later in the evening. Um, so taking a trip to the Unicorn's Horn, Doctor, you're able to set them up with beds for the night easily enough. Um, mm-hmm. All of that is provided. Each of you have the beds. And we'll just say, for the sake of brevity, explanations occur. Suits me. Things are explained, and that'll be where we wrap up. Headphones, I'll be right back. Okay. Well, I was going to say that's where we'll wrap up our first session. Oh, back. oh my god! Yeah. Because uh, the whole thing with the uh, with the castle is going to be a more involved thing, and it would take us at least another 40 minutes, if not longer. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I figured Dude, this was, was an awesome uh, ending point and a really yeah. nice little get everybody back together in the first episode. The game's back. Back, back to new beginnings. We Damn, get to that was right a... at the end, and then you're like, bye. Bye. Yeah. And the best part is I have all this written, so I don't have to prep anything. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my goodness, that was so, awesome. That was a that was a good first session back. I'm stoked on how all that went. Yeah. Thanks for everyone staying in the chat. Yeah. Hope you had fun. Yeah. Huge yeah. thanks yeah. to everyone in the chat. Yeah. One. Awesome engagement today. And again, congratulations to uh, whoever it was, Amanda C. O. One Two Four. 
Sorry, he was very close, <laughs> but uh, oh, and if this was too late, make sure to watch it on YouTube because we do that. Yeah, we do. Uh, we've got yeah. uh, links underneath uh, as well for our YouTube, for Instagram, for Kevin's TikTok, uh, for the group's TikTok, for everything that we do. Uh, we've got social media for that. You can also type exclamation mark social in the chat, uh, and Nightbot will tell you and give you links to all of our different social media pieces. Yeah. Um, so we'll actually do that right now, just so all of that goes Nightbot to everybody. Chat. Um, yeah, and it's it's a super cool little community. So we're glad that you guys came in and yeah. you joined us for our first session back. I'm fucking stoked that things went as well as they did. This was exactly what I was looking forward that was to. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah, and I'm glad that uh, you all freaked out with that hook as much as I was hoping you would. Dude, that was uh, that was spicy. Yeah, it's a spicy Should one. What? Nobody messes with Leaf. Yeah, and that scar is not fading. That burn is not healing. It is just nice. there. Got a cool little, uh, I got to work this into a new tattoo or something. <laughs> I love that my biggest surprise of my backstory and like everything that I did was the fact that I was wearing pants. That was that Pants or the coat. Accurate. Yeah. <gasps> Wait, do you have boots on? No. no oh. Still barefoot. Oh, no. Gross <laughs> ass yeah. feet. Awesome. Classic. All right. All right. Well, thanks everybody in the chat. Thank you guys so much for being here. Can't wait to be back at the table next week. Same time, same oh. place. I'm so excited. <laughs> Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.